Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Hello and welcome. (laughs) Excuse me, don't interrupt. Uh Welcome to a supersized uh, episode, apparently, or so I've been told, because yeah, we've both got yeah. lengthy episode, uh, lengthy stories, and this is where a lot of you usually appreciate where we say, if you're on a road trip right now, you are in luck today, because you get an extra or episode. if you're mopping the floors and you're not good at mopping. Yes, then if you chose you to need. do a, a deep clean today. Yeah, um, I will say uh, we also have some fun things to say beforehand. Yes, um, a couple. Of, well, so we're this is episode one ninety eight. I finally got the number before we started. Finally, Ooh, it only took one hundred ninety eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched that be wrong, and I still haven't gotten it. But <laughs> like, pretty sure it's one ninety eight, which means we're very scarily close to two hundred. It's wild. It's bananas, dare I say. Yeah, so we're almost there. We do have something planned. I know some people are anxious for us, which I appreciate. Um, but we do have a little something planned, so keep an eye out for that. Um, oh, and then we found out that like the week after is our 50th ever listeners episode. Yeah, it all pulled together very nicely. So Yeah, very weird. <laughs> this is a, a month of celebrations, some might say. Yes. Uh, well, technically next month, but... Okay, well, you know, you know what? That's okay. It's what I say. No one else has to say it. It's just me. Right. 
again, time is uh, irrelevant in this in this 2020 timeline we're living in. Um, also, I guess it's December, not now, but when when our 200th episode comes out, it'll be December, and that means uh, it's the last month of 2020. So I guess that's also something to celebrate. It's the the kiss of death to this year. Just get <laughs> yeah. out of here. <laughs> we would just have like a fucking bonanza on the kiss of death and just make it about ourselves. We tend to do that. It's called the, the of, chef's kiss of death, is what I like to call it. Yeah, Em and Christine's chef's kiss of death that they just decided was suddenly about themselves Mm -hmm. Um, but because the 50th episode we're doing like a special theme that we already came up with for the first time we ever we actually came up with a theme in advance so that's new Um, and we told patrons about it already to get like a head start but um, we're gonna announce that theme I think soon as well yes are we I don't know if we're announcing that yet or not maybe next episode Uh, maybe next okay next week okay um and oh because the, we found out this is the last episode before thanksgiving we're actually doing a black friday sale on our merch oh yes oh wow i'm so glad Very you wrote excited. all this down christine i, I did christine texted me before and said these are all the things we need to discuss and i don't have my phone on me so it's all up to christine anyway but i appreciate you being so on top of it today i wrote it and then i spilled juice on it so it's, <laughs> it's hard to read but it does say black friday um, and we did, we, patrons have had a promo code, but for a couple days, we're going to give everyone a promo code or not promo code, but discounted on the website. Sure. Um, and that's atwwdmerch.com. And I think there's an even bigger discount on like our older merch, like tour stuff. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So just go there and you'll find out the details. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that too. Yeah. It's super fun. Um, oh, and then the last thing that I just want to announce, cause this is like the most exciting thing ever. Not really, but for me, it is that Xenon. <gasps> M's protege mm. finally has her own newsletter. She sure cause. does. It's her her, <laughs> her gossip uh, her gossip tabloid, if you will. Her, right. Her gossip column was turned into. So <laughs> I feel like from the moment Xenon was born, she decided she needed her own branded newsletter, and we, we knew gave this. It to her. We knew she was like destined for PR in some way. Like she's yeah, yeah. like she's all about it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we have a newsletter. You can sign up on our website. There should be uh, no. Little- that's it's uh, or, or, Patreon. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, I, it's a Patreon newsletter. We do have a regular newsletter that's also which you freaking can, amazing, which you can find on our website. It, a pop up will show up. Yikes, Christine! Yes. Uh, no, no, it's sorry. it's good. I have juice covered news, so I can read it to you from the juice covered news. I appreciate it. Well, <laughs> this would be a good time to announce something I am very excited about, and also people can already probably tell. Um, so I finally, I, Christine already knows about this, but I'm very excited to announce that I have officially been diagnosed with ADHD and I Yay! am so happy. I am so, so happy because I've always, something's always felt off. And then throughout this last year, I know in many episodes I've been talking about how I, uh, you know, felt like it was a, the real deal and it was really hard to get diagnosed and it was really hard to find someone who would like listen to me and like help me and I finally um, found someone and I am trying medication and one of the side effects is having a foggy brain so that's why I <laughs> that's why I'm gonna sound a lot more confused than normal but uh, until you sound a lot less confused than until normal. all of a so sudden it's... the medicine works yes so yeah <laughs> uh, but no so I want to apologize because all of the side effects I've read online most of them have already kicked in including dry mouth and drowsiness so I will be chugging oh, a lot of water and yawning more than ever today. So, but it's oh, not good. you, it's me finally. 
Well, I'm very proud of you. Very happy for you. This is a long time coming. And um, we are very pro mental health awareness and medication if you need it. Yes. And so I'm just very, very proud of you and happy. Thank you. Happy. I feel like I'm the only person who's like ecstatic that I got diagnosed with like no, a, a attention sure disorder. But I, I just I've known for so, so long that something was going on. And uh I, it's just, honestly, I already told this to Christine, but thank God for TikTok because that's how I <laughs> realized something was up. And like, I knew there was things, I I think I just kind of ignored my own symptoms for so long because I never thought anything was going on. And then through TikTok, my algorithm just got me to ADHD <laughs> TikTok. And then uh, I spent a long time going through just about any video hashtagged about ADHD and realizing all these symptoms were things that other people were experiencing. So um, I, if one thing, one good thing came out of this quarantine, it's that I discovered TikTok and was able to diagnose myself and get help. So I'm so proud of you. Yay. Let's all clap for M. Yay. Snaps, what is it again? Snaps for insults or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Snaps for medication. <laughs> Snaps for foggy brain. Yes. Anyway, um, that's my big update, but it's an update. That's I a huge one. Very excited well, I didn't, to share. I didn't have that in my juice list, so I'm glad that you did. Go, look, um, we've together we have it all. So together we have a portion of it. I think <laughs> we've got one um, percent. Yes, but uh, so anyway, I just want to uh, also throw out. So if if anybody was confused by that at all, Xenon Gazette is on <laughs> Patreon. Yes, speaking of ADHD, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the Z- yes, the Xenon uh, newsletter is specifically for Patreon. Just in and case people want to know, but it's on Patreon, and and I made the little banner for it. I'm very proud of it. Um, which it's you should ongoing. Yap yap yap. Um, snaps for Christine on the banner. <laughs> it's incredible. And got medicated, and I made a stupid banner at three in the morning. <laughs> but that's what we do around here. We so. both kind of went I- completely opposite directions of what. <laughs> <Yeah>. she- <laughs> We always end up meeting in the middle somewhere. Um, we always, but I will even. say too. Yeah, we do. And to M's point about the newsletter on our website, um, we did. So we did announce our Halloween pet costume winners, and mm-hmm. I mailed out, I hand mailed out with stamps.com membership, uh, <laughs> hand mailed out all the. We surprised everybody with bandanas, and that's where we drink bandanas for their pups and cats. So sweet. Um, yeah. So anyway, just congratulations to all of those folks. And I, that's all. I didn't mean to step on your, step no, on your big No, I didn't mean to just... interrupt the, the Xenon thing, but I felt, I felt stupid that I like just completely said the wrong thing. So I was like, let me defend myself now that I have a No, crutch. no, it's not stupid. We're very confusing. We just decide we have a newsletter and suddenly we have eight newsletters. So that's just kind of our brand. We mm-hmm. just do we got one, We got two of everything. It just depends, you know, are you a patron <laughs> or not? How, how much access you have. Um, yeah. Also, speaking of page, uh, Patreon, if you uh, are on our close friends list on Instagram, you will now know that I have started a new series called Tea Time with M. I actually um, thought that was the big announcement. So then when you went ADHD, I went, okay, <laughs> veering back. Many interesting <laughs> things. No, so uh, I'm now doing uh, Tea Time Tuesdays, where everyone knows already that I'm- Oh, it's so fun. I've only been to one, but it's Yesterday so was the first. You went to the debut, the premiere. I'm so proud that I got to watch it. And uh, I've just, since I'm drinking tea and sitting there anyway, I posted something yesterday during my normal tea time. And I was like, while I'm drinking tea, let's spill some tea. Who's got some like hot goss? And people were sending in some crazy shit, that, oh. like in like family drama, all this. And so 
Um, it's all anonymous. So if you are a Patreon member and you do happen to tune in on Tuesdays on my Instagram, if you would like to submit something and I, you know, I'll post about it, but it will be anonymous. No one will know it's you that said it. So it's a, it's a close friends exclusive, uh, except I got to be part of it, even though M usually deletes me from their close friends at some point. Shocking that you're, you've been on my close friends. I don't know how. Usually I delete you because I have a present and then I forget to add you back. So it's always a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, I should stop complaining. But anyway, yeah, M's Tea Time is so fun. And there's just like people submit anonymous like hot goss. And I was responding to M like, whoa, that's crazy. (laughs) It's just stuff people were submitting about like their in-laws. People were sending. There was one that didn't make it uh, because I I forgot. I left the submission form open all night. So I forgot to like delete it. So people kept submitting stuff for 24 hours. I have like 3,000 like pieces of drama from people and some are like my neighbor murdered his grandparents and like late like left the corpses in the house for a few days like that's, wild that's shit. not hot goss that's <laughs> true crime that uh a few of wow, them I, I i responded and i was like please submit your story to and that's why you drink.com you <laughs> the link in the post yeah um anyway tea time is great too and now em's getting uh getting medicated and on tea time i oh mean my it's gosh. gonna be a wild ride it's gonna be a fun us. time i got marvel mondays and i got Tea Time Tuesdays, and now I've got, um, uh, what am I taking? Stratera every single day of the week. So it's always cool, an adventure cool, cool, over cool, here. Cool, 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 cool. Yes, it is. Anyway, I'm sorry for that long intro, but we warned you. So <laughs> do you have any more updates before I go? That is it for me for now. I mean, I'm sure I do, but let's like just leave them alone for cool. now because it's, it's have, time to talk about I have one things. last one. You look very beautiful today. Oh, my goodness. That's very kind of you. Your, Thank you so much. Your skin is looking fantastic. Oh, why, thank you. I turned on a ring light, so that might be part of it. Never mind. You're trash like normal. I just, it's just with a ring light this time. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm wearing my little Rainbow Kitten Surprise hoodie. So, I cat hair. noticed. Classy trash. So, <laughs> like a dumpster, like in your la- the last episode. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all in one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So my story has been recommended quite a few times. Actually, someone in Marvel Monday last week um, also suggested this. Um, so this is the story. It's from Charleston, South Carolina, and it is the Old City Jail. And apparently it is 
if not the most, then it's arguably one of the most haunted buildings in South Carolina, and thus one of the most haunted places in the country. Um, and I guess let's just get into it. We got a, we got a ways to go. We're obviously, um, we're going to get a cameo from Bagel Bites, so stay tuned. Oh, hell yeah. Why am I always surprised? <laughs> and I'm going to say, I don't know, I think it's my, actually, this is these are the first notes I've done with ADHD medication, and it shows because... I did a lot of random deep dives. Like I like really got committed to the information instead of just like, you know, just telling you one fact. I was like, what does that mean? And then I looked up the history of it. So we've got a lot of fun facts coming your way. Yeah. So for all those judgy people who used to say it's not charming when they don't they don't know what they're doing. uh, Well, here you go. Em's finally medicated. Are you happy? (laughs) Finally, I know what I'm doing. Let's crack into it. Took 198 episodes. Oh, I have a couple of little notes first. So Charleston is one of the United States' most haunted cities, or it's notoriously one of the most haunted cities. Um, and one of the main reasons for that, which I did not know, is because uh, of how well-preserved their historical buildings are. I think they're oh. one of the cities that have the most historical buildings that are still standing. Um, and so one of the historical buildings, by the way, was Pugin's Porch, which I talked I about. I remember that one. Ten Puppy. episodes ago. That was 186. Fun fact for you. And... Um, Another one happens to be the Old City Jail, which is at 21 Magazine Street. Um, So one of the tour guide managers has said that another reason this place is so haunted is because it was built right next to an asylum and it is on top of a former graveyard. Good, good, good. So already hundreds of bodies have been at least placed here. I don't know if they're still there and got, you know, exhumed or whatever, but bodies have been in this space. Um. (sighs) So I the it was kind of hazy for me, but my understanding is that the building itself was built in 1738, but then in 1802 it became a jail. So okay. um, before that time, it was also a hospital, a poorhouse, and it was a home for runaway slaves. Um, it had four stories. It had an octagonal tower. Ooh ah. Ooh ah. And it had a lot of windows, but no glass. It just had, like, iron bars. So, like, old school, old-timey oh, jail. Like, good. just like how you imagine. Like, just a hole in the wall with bars on it. Great, great. Which, by the way, I did not know this, is called iron glass. Because, what? Really? Because the window doesn't have glass. It just has bars. And so, like, you just call it glass because that's... They couldn't just say iron. They had to just throw glass in, too. Okay, it's, that's it. like the she-she the decor way. It's like, oh, and we have an iron glass window. <laughs> Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, you have rusty fucking bars? Got it. Okay. <laughs> it's like saying it's open concept, but it's really just a studio <laughs> apartment. It's like saying it's cozy, but it's like cramped as shit. Yeah, the um, pink is next to the bed. It's fine. So this place is also cozy, by the way, um, <laughs> if I'm going to keep going with my realtor voice. Love it. It's uh, So this place was originally supposed to only hold 130 cells or 130 inmates, um, but... During the Civil War, it became a uh, prisoner of war camp for Union soldiers. And even though only 130 bodies are supposed to be able to fit over 300 dead. And this is how cozy it was. The cells were each three by three, like three foot by three foot. So it's basically like a a standing cage. You couldn't even like sit? You You could sit. You couldn't really lie down. You really were like just kind of huddled up. Okay, yeah, I guess it's like a meter 
meter. A yard yeah. and a yard or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, the American I get metric it. system. I um, get it. <laughs> so in 1822, apparently there were so many escape attempts that they actually had the person who designed the Washington Monument um, come and reinforce the jail so people couldn't break out. That's like a very Nicolas Cage thing of like, okay, you built the Washington <laughs> Monument and all its secret tunnels. Well, we need you to build a structure that exactly. no one can escape from. Exactly. I love it. We need to fortify it as, we need it as sturdy as the Washington Monument. <laughs> I feel like this is the next uh, Dan Brown novel or something. <laughs> well, apparently uh, one of the, this is just another fun fact, one of the um, inmates there his name was Jacques Alexander Tardy and he was one of the most evil pirates of that time and he was oh, known dear. to po- evil apparently known to poison his victims so that's just oh no fun for you um so like I said it was a prisoner of war camp during the civil war union soldiers were overcrowded there some were even forced to sleep outside which I find ironic when you're supposed to be locked away in a jail but yeah. they would just like yeah. I guess tie it to a tree or something but I'm I guess not- also like what's technically outside if you have iron glass as your fair (laughs) fair i don't know um but so people were getting forced to sleep outside because it was so overcrowded they couldn't even cram more people into the cells oh boy and so between there being no you know nothing stopping them from like weather conditions coming into the jail and so many people were in there wounded there was just a lot of disease there was a lot of illness and so people were kind of dropping left and right um, it, this, this jail was once called, quote, a dirty, filthy place unfit for human beings to live. And it was also okay. called, quote, the nastiest, dirtiest, filthiest, lousiest place I ever was in by one of the inmates. Oh, God. So it's just a lot of death, a lot of disease. Um, apparently there was like maggots in the food and like, <gasps> it's just really gross. Um, oh. So this is a really large range, but there are suggestions that hundreds to 14,000 people died here. Oh, that is quite a range. Quite a range. Uh, They think the exaggerated term is like 10 to 14,000, but um, one historian only found records of hundreds. So they're not really sure. Still a lot, but yeah. Yeah, still like not zero. Um, Not zero. (laughs) And they said most of that was from disease and open wounds during the war. Oh, how gross. In 1886, there was a 6.8 magnitude earthquake, and it destroyed most of the jail, which got, like, two-thirds of the inmates to escape all at once. Whoa. Um, and it was led there. The leader of the uh, this escape was uh, a female murderer, like, one of the only oh, convicted boy. female murderers of the time. I don't um, blame her for wanting to get out of there, man. She was like, I'm out. No way Goodbye. am I staying here. With Can you imagine being one of the one-thirds that didn't get out? And they're like, no, wait, so they, I missed my chance. No, no, no. So they could have gotten out. They just were scared to leave. Oh, okay. Apparently, okay, got it. it knocked down uh, like a huge wall. And so <gasps> like this one woman was like, I'm going to climb over this rubble and just leave. And 40 of them happened to be like, yeah, that was a good idea. I'm going to do that too. And the other 20 were like, oh, I, I'm not going to. I'm too scared. Risk it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, But so that happened. This also led to the tower I mentioned and the top floor being demolished. So the building today is only three stories. Mm-hmm. So 
this is now where I try to tell you floor by floor what everything was for without <laughs> going out of order. Do you remember that was so early in the podcast? <laughs> but like now we're on episode or floor eleven, and I was like, wait, what happened to floors eight through ten? <laughs> I was like, we get to them later. They're after floor thirty. Oh my god. Um, okay, so the first floor. Where am I? Okay, the first floor was for I guess as. The higher up you went on the floors, the more dangerous the inmates were. So the okay. f- first floor was known as the, quote, gentleman criminals. Because oh, nice. they weren't violent and they usually had a lot of manners and charm and were, like, doing their best to, like, get out of jail early. Mm-hmm. The second one was for, like, uh, people who were in debt or thieves. And the third one was for, like, murderers, you know, uh, people committing different acts of assault. So... Right. Um, the they were all separated mainly based on if they were violent or not, but they were all at different times punished in really horrific ways. Um, some of them being shackles, being whipped. A lot of them were deprived of food and water. Then again, you're only being deprived of like food that had maggots in it. So maggot food doesn't right. seem too different. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, uh, torture also became a big thing there. Nope, don't um, like that. And executions happened on the site, apparently. There were gallows there. So uh, a few of the ways that people would be tortured here is they would be burned at the stake. Oh. They would be branded, and they would be drawn and quartered. So, Oh, no. Oh, um, no. The worst one was apparently for people, of all, of all the things, like you could be a murderer, you could be a rapist. Apparently, if you were a horse thief, if you fucking oh. stole horses. God forbid. This is what would happen to you. They would literally nail your ear to a post until they i guess i'm confused the the phrasing was um they would nail your ear to a post until the ear was finally sliced off i think that means like they would go one by one nails until like they ew literally basically cut your ear off through putting nails into it or they just nailed it and then like ripped it off yeah i some you re- your ear is know. removed by the end. That's, That's not good, happens. no matter what it is. But also that makes no sense to me, like, when you're thinking, like, a horse thief, like... Maybe they mean, like, it's a horse who thieves. Maybe. Like a horse thief. I hope so. Pr- probably not. That makes I, m- I don't- a lot more sense to me. They just, just, like, go around and steal pebbles from the a- ground or something. And pebbles. <laughs> apples, yes. Okay. An apple thief. I mean, no, it's not better because I also don't want horses' ears to be nailed to anything, but it's all just, oh, None of it makes sense. Uh, It doesn't quite make sense. And it really starts with the fact that they think a horse thief is the worst (laughs) criminal you can be. Yeah, that's a little weird to me, but. So, okay, so I said some of the torture was being burned at the stake, branded, and drawn and quartered. This is where my Stratera kicked in. And so I was like, what is drawn and quartered? No, why did I have to take it? Stop taking that. I don't want to hear (laughs) it. I'm done. <laughs> so um, I've had enough of medicated M. <laughs> I got nice and laser focused on uh, my notes, or that's how my brain took this. And so I was like, "Well, I'm working on my notes, so obviously I'm doing the right thing, and this is this is work. <laughs> so I'm doing my job." So I really got deep into the drawn and quartered because I didn't really understood what it meant. I just kind of assumed it was terrible. I feel like it's one of those phrases we throw around, but I don't really think too just deeply about half hazardly. Just saw drawn and quartered. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> so it began in the 14th century in England when people would betray the crown. Um, that Uh-oh. is where this originally came from. And uh, this, uh, these are the steps to being fully drawn and quartered. Okay. So where does a horse come in? A horse does come in. So oh. 
Um, he, he well, he first he has to steal something. A pebble, right yeah. <laughs> a pebble, he gives it to an apple. It's a whole thing. Um, and then a prisoner, uh, the prisoner is hanged by their neck until they are uh-huh. almost strangled. Okay. You then take that noose, tie it around their ankles, and then the horse pulls you <gasps> to the execution site. Oh, drawn. Like drawn. a horse-drawn carriage. Okay, I Except get Except you're the carriage. And a horse-drawn body. Yes, exactly. And I never, I didn't even click. I was like, oh, drawn. That's what that means. I didn't either. <laughs> so apparently uh, the method ends up changing because the word drawn changed also because it just kind of meant like to pull something out versus like <gasps> pulling something behind. And okay. so sometimes being drawn and quartered, I guess you found out like the day of, like they just rolled the dice and figured out which version of drawn you were going to be. They would pull you out uh, to the execution site by a horse or or I guess just to say, and or, because you could get drawn both ways, um, they would then kind of uh, pin you up um, so that you couldn't move, and then they would draw your intestines out of your body. Okay. Whoa. That's... Then, oh, it's not done. That's just the drawn part. <laughs> um, wow. okay. okay. Then once your intestines are out, but you're still like apparently alive. Well, that's not good. They would cut off your genitals. And then oh. with your intestines, they would take your intestines and your genitals and they would throw them in a fire and make you watch them burn up. And what? then they would behead you and then the rest of your body they would chop into four big chunks, hence quartering. Um, I love at that point they're like, now let's cut it in a f-. It's like you've already done everything <laughs> possible to destroy this person's body. Well, then those big chunks of the body, those the head and those four quarters, uh, mm-hmm. they would preserve them with like some sort of spices to keep birds from picking at it. And then they would display those as a warning to other traders. So, uh, okay. They spice them and then, okay. This yeah. Is they boil it. They control. put add a little spice and they then put a little cilantro on top. Yeah. And then, uh, in especially horrible situations, if they didn't have like a knife to cut you apart, they would Uh-oh. just tie each of your limbs to different horses and make them all run in different directions. That's the one I've heard of, which I was hoping was just a myth, and clearly it's not. So no, no, great, no. super duper duper duper. Anyway, that is my deep dive on drawn and quartered. Don't you like? I love that. that? This is what happens <laughs> when you take medication. You like become me. Like things you start looking better. up the most <laughs> grotesque, horrible things on the internet. Yeah. So okay, so in 1911. Uh, no, we're back to the jail now. So in 1911, uh, Daniel Duncan was the last man to be hanged at the jail. And then the gallows were removed. So after 1911, there were no more gallows. In 1939, the jail closed after 137 years. Wow. Um, And then, so I don't know what happened in between that because that's the 40s all the way through the 90s. I'm not really sure what happened. I think it was just kind of open to the public or abandoned or whatever. Fun. Yeah, you know. Uh, Kids like us would just go traipsing through in the middle of the night, I guess. Certainly we would have, yes. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access 
access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy we're happy but because we're not mind readers we don't always know when they're unwell and in my experience cats are not the most you know open when it comes to sharing their woes And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In 1998, the American College of the Building Arts bought bought this uh, property. And so okay. I was like, building arts? What is the building arts? And it was literally a school for like uh, masonry and plaster and timber oh. and blacksmithing. That's cool. Yeah. So I would love to go to that school. That sounds That's, dope. Yeah. Um, but so they bought it until 2015 when the college moved. So um, from 98 to 2015, it was no longer um available to the public it was part of the school which is weird now because i guess i'm not really sure of the timeline at this point i don't know if the the college moved but they still have some sort of like remote classes there but i watched bagel bites and they (laughs) went in and there were still some classes in session so i don't know if like the college keeps it as like just like a secondary location or something but it, it was weird to see on TV because half of it was like a full blown old school, old timey jail. And then the other half was like classrooms. It's really oh. <laughs> odd. You're like, here's the volleyball court. Yeah. Don't it's like all it. those angsty teens were like, school is a prison. It's like, well, <laughs> kind of. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of the, uh, of this episode of Ghost Adventures, by the way, is that, um, 
Zach was like as he was going around and being all dramatic there was like students in the background like just trying to work oh there. my god <laughs> if you were one of those students can you please write into us and tell us your experience because I bet you literally one of them stories. uh like he went up to one of them while she was working and he like interrupted her <laughs> and was like can, do you have any ghost stories here and she was like uh apparently there was one story she had where she walked away and then she came back and like there were like three scratches in her plaster project that she had just been working on. Oh, that's not very nice. It's terrible. Also, like, can you imagine, like, my dog ate my homework? It's like, no, a demon demon fucked up my project. A demon scratched my homework, and I'm trying to get an a and you understand can you i wish i had the 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 behind the scenes footage or like the extra footage on dvd footage where zach went up to every other student who was like no i don't have a story can i get back to my homework it's like i'm i'm already trying to be a blacksmith life is hard enough okay in 2020 there's no way okay so um when the when the student did say like oh well i found these scratches in my plaster uh, in my project this was the quote that Zach said next because it's deliciously him. Can't wait. Were these the scratch marks from one of the prisoners recording their eternal sentence as they did on the walls of their cells? <laughs> AKA, yes. like he thinks they're like tally marks because of how many days they've been oh, in jail. Come on. Can you imagine if like you just ran out of spaces to draw tally marks? Now you're ruining people's art projects. You're like, here's a really easy wall to draw on. <laughs> It's someone's homework. <laughs> so uh, apparently any, so I, I watched a few episodes of different things for this and every single one of them really liked to hone in on this one main inmate. Um, so I'm going to talk about that real quick. The most notorious inmate ac- across all television episodes um, is Lavinia Fisher, who was apparently one of, they said it was the first uh, U.S. female ser- serial killer. Yes, I know of all about, not all about her, but I do know about her. Oh, okay. Maybe you can like, um, pitch in. Then. Probably I can't help. <laughs> probably I can't help. But <laughs> I know I've all about her, a, but all of a sudden I know nothing about nothing. her. But nothing. Yeah, I, I've gotten a lot of requests to cover her. So that's like, I have very cursory knowledge. Okay, I'll do a, I'll do a, a quick synopsis and maybe it'll pique your interest. Um, I'm sure it will. But so uh, Lavinia is the country's first female serial killer. Um, so Lavinia was married to a guy named John and in the early 1800s, uh, John ran a hotel called the six mile house cause it was six miles out of, uh, Charleston. And f- apparently for locals, uh, if you are in the Charleston area, uh, this location is the, the property that it was on is now where the old Navy hospital in North Charleston was. That should mean something to you. It doesn't to me, but there you go. Um, so at the Six Mile House, uh, Lavinia was known to lure wealthy men into their inn. And uh, from there, John would kill them. And then they mm. would rob them and take their money. It's very Bloody Benders. Mm. Yeah. 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 Actually, you know, I was just talking about the Bloody Benders. I think they're one of my favorite stories you've ever covered. I feel like I yeah, I feel like I remember you you retained that one and I retained that one. It, we don't retain many of them. <laughs> well, they were also they also held the tail. They're like for America's first serial killers or something, right? Yeah. Or or fam- family one of the earliest family serial I don't know. I don't know. The fact that there's different ranks is awful That's true. Enough. They were just bad. So, um Keep in mind, Lavinia and John apparently were super popular uh, throughout the town. And so anytime they even came across as suspicious, people would deny it and be like, oh, there's no way they would do that. So their reputation really helped them get away with this for a a lot longer to a point where rumors even like were circulating throughout the town. People were bringing evidence or like um, 
uh, at least their suspicions to the sheriff. And like everyone was like, no, it's not them. They are pillars of the community. Bingo. Pillar to mm-hmm. killer. And mm-hmm. so uh, the main story of what exactly was happening was that Lavinia would invite traveling businessmen into their uh, hotel um, for dinner. And while they were sitting there, she would kind of be flirting with them and ask them questions about their job to figure out just how much money they make. Mm. And I guess if I wonder what like the cutoff was, we're like, oh, you're too poor. I don't want to. It's not. I feel like it. we'd be like, we're podcasters. They'd be like, well, can you leave? Please? <laughs> like, we don't actually have any. we don't have any vacancies. So there's no stew for you. <laughs> just get out. <laughs> but so she'd figure out how much money they had. And I guess to her perspective, if they were wealthy enough, they would become, you know, um, prey yikes and so she after dinner would offer them a cup of tea not the kind that i drink on tea time tuesdays but um, (laughs) it was actually made out of oleander and uh i guess that would make them fall asleep um really deeply so that then they you know john could kill them how did he kill them do we know so there are a few a few different rumors the most interesting one is that the bed that she would bring them to to fall asleep was actually like on a trap door and underneath was like a pit of spikes oh so that's one of them another one is that like you know they would just come in and chop you up or something or stab you to death sure the usual the the usual usual kill Um, i just googled it because i'm like really nervous that i covered it at one point and i'm just being like i don't know this story but i really don't think i have i don't think you have either okay good i just checked because i was like can you imagine oh god (laughs) well we could both be wrong look I have foggy brain, so I don't know. <laughs> you so, have an excuse. <laughs> so uh, apparently, this is interesting. There was at one point they knew that Charleston, a nearby town knew that Charleston needed some cleaning up. I guess there was a lot of crime. Probably most of it was from Lavinia. Um, right. And so a bunch of like vigilantes came in to like clean up the town. And so Lavinia and John laid low for a while. And very quickly they were like, oh, there's not as much crime as we thought. And they oh. left. Jeez. Okay. But one decided to stay behind. His name was David. And he was like um, basically like neighborhood watch or town watch. And very quickly after everyone else was gone, Lavinia tried to kill him. Um, John <gasps> choked him and threw him out a window. But David was able to escape and run off. Um, so he was one of the people who testified against them. And then the other was a guy named John who asked for a room. But, the, but Lavinia said there were no vacancies until she realized that he was rich and then Mm. she was like oh no now there's an opening and so he got really suspicious so he um when she offered him tea he dumped it out when she wasn't looking and (laughs) then he slept in the chair and not the bed because he was like kind of freaked (gasps) out and so he woke up to the bed like either falling into a trap door or john breaking in (laughs) at one of the two can you imagine if you're sitting in a strange room and then the bed falls through the floor and then there's a pit of spikes really complicated for them to keep re re like setting up every time a new bed on the the logistics you like best case scenario you have like a hand uh, like a a a hand crank that where you bring that bed up every time that's right you got to keep pulley system it yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, like dumb waiter situation (laughs) or something um but so he ended up also testifying so uh where was I? So once they were convicted, the couple both ended up in uh, isolation cells, and then they were eventually brought to the gallows, which is interesting because Lavinia, a woman at the time, she thought that they were like going to sign a pass or something, and like, um, and she they wouldn't e- execute her. Um, right. 
their body count is estimated between 20 and 120 people, but there were no bodies ever found. So there is the argument that they also never did anything wrong at all. Oh. Um, But it's pretty, like, understood that they... They just had, like, a basement full of spikes and a bed on a pulley, and they were like... And maybe not even that. So there actually was in in uh, one book... Did I write it down? I don't think I did, but there was uh, one author who, like, really went into their story and even said, like, under, like, very simple investigation, like, it didn't even need thorough investigation. There is no trapdoor in their house. There's no poison in their house. There was nothing. But... Mm. Also, the controversy or the debate, the rebuttal to that is like, well, after they were convicted, everything in their house was destroyed. So, like, anything could have been taken or so we really don't know, but it's assumed that they killed a lot of people. I see. Um, So just to make sure that she wasn't executed um, when they said that she was going to the gallows, she allegedly wore her wedding dress to the gallows because she wants to remind them she was a married woman and there was a law at the time that you couldn't execute a married woman. But then like dainty old me. Yeah. Oh no, I'm just oh I'm so I'm so fair and faint. Um, I just wanted to wear my mermaid gown, one cut gown one more time. <laughs> my strap my, my strapless little shimmy shimmy, you know. <laughs> um but so they did a, a little loophole on her, and so they executed John first. And so Ooh. till death Ooh. do us part, she wasn't married oh, anymore. God. And so she allegedly died in her wedding dress. So you can murder a widow, I guess, or execute a yep. widow. Yep. Wow. Once again, so lo- it's all loophole. about the man. It's all about the man. Well, what isn't? So uh, before Lavinia was hanged, her last words were something along the lines of like, if you have a message for the devil, I'll pass it on to him. Something really like kind of dark, Whoa. and it implied like, oh, she knew she was going to hell, so she kind of admitted Ew, her guilt. Even in a wedding dress, that is the creepiest visual. I bet when she wore the wedding dress to the gallows, they were like, well, now we have to kill you because this is a spectacle. Like this is <laughs> everybody this is, came for a picnic. This All the is fucking are wild. Yeah, like we we need to go through with it now. Well, here's the an even creepier part. Imagine a woman in a wedding dress who allegedly murdered a hundred people now says, like, I'm going to pass the message on to the devil. And then before the executioner could do it, she jumped from the gallows herself and hanged herself. And apparently she struggled for, like, 15 minutes. Oh, I just imagine the tool going flying. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is horrifying. Anyway, so that's the the gist. That's the broad strokes. So um, Lavinia is said to be the, like, most powerful spirit at this jail. Um, especially on the third floor. That's where she likes to scratch people with three fingers, which like also is Mm. the demon claw, the Trinity, if Zach were here. Um, (laughs) And she likes to steal jewelry and shiny things. Um, In 2012, there was one woman named Christine. Uh Uh-oh. Who took pictures when she was on a tour there and pictures that were at first seemed completely black. Later when they continued to develop, there were the faces of John and Lavinia. which is super oh no um people also say that they have seen her staring at them from the third floor window and people have heard her screaming in the building in empty rooms yuck there's um one other spirit that i just want to give a shout out to uh his name was denmark vesey um who was famous for leading a slave uprising in charleston um, and became he became a free man at the age of 32 because he won the lottery and oh. was able to buy his freedom. Amazing. And uh, which, like, I feel like at that time, I'm shocked that he was, like, even allowed to participate in a lottery. 
that they like gave him the money right <laughs> right well so he literally won his freedom and he founded the african methodist episcopal church in charleston in wow. case locals know what that is um and it quickly grew i think it was like one of the the biggest uh churches in the area um for at least like freed slaves and wow um, in 1822, he hatched a plan, which I'm totally on board, uh, to kill slave owners, liberate the slaves, and uh, ship, ship them to freedom in Haiti. And okay. so I guess news got around town, and the militia heard about it and imprisoned Uh-oh. him for the rest of his life. Just for saying it. Just like, for saying it. Not for actually it. even doing it. Okay, got it. And Great. they heard it, like, through the grapevine. So he, right. he could have just denied it, but, you know. Okay. So I just wanted to give him a shout out that like you tried your best a for effort and i'm sorry it didn't work out i would have totally been uh 100 behind you on that yeah um so now getting into the spooky stuff so there's a paranormal group called the uh league of energy materialization and unexplained phenomena research aka lemur Oh, and I was trying to make it say lemon. I was like L E M. You were okay, so we were close. close. <laughs> I thought that's where we were going. You had the first three. If I wouldn't even dare, if that you wouldn't have smelled it, I out. wouldn't have even let you have the chance. No. <laughs> um, but so Lemur, they wrote a full report about this back in 2017, I think. Um, basically like history that they had heard of and then i think they did their own investigation so they had their own um spooky encounters but they said that uh apparently in 2000 there were renovations that kept the building sealed off and yet bare footprints would be found all throughout the sawdust ew which i hate um hate Hate that also they they many of the workers also saw an apparition of a guard with a rifle on the third floor and oh, no. these workers said that they started kind of getting familiar with this apparition. And so I guess they started ignoring it until this apparition started charging at them. And then, would, oh, God, and then would vanish in front of their eyes. Because I feel like ignoring them is the the safest bet. But then if it just is like, no, you must look at me. <laughs> it's like, I want attention. Like, what do you do? Oh, God. Um, and so they also heard the sounds of chains dragging down the halls. They heard a dumbwaiter um, probably pulling up the bed full of spikes or something. Um, uh, even though the dumbwaiter was completely non-functional they heard it working um also jewelry and other objects were disappearing but it never got found later which is like the worst part of that because if it's a fun prank at least you get your shit back later yeah but this time it was like oh no it's gone forever yeah usually it like moves somewhere yeah your retainer story my retainer right uh, in the basement, apparently a man had his sunglasses knocked off by an unseen force. Um, on hot days, the basement is so cold you can see your breath. Alarms will set themselves throughout, like uh, security alarms will set themselves uh, off mm-hmm. nonstop. And cops are always having to go to the building in the middle of the night. And a lot of them have said that they go to check that there's not an intruder and all the doors are wide open. So they assume <laughs> someone has broken in. But it's just that the doors are opening by themselves. Oh, God. Um, apparently, there's a apparition in ragged clothes seen wandering the halls. There are a lot of electronic uh, malfunctions. So cell phones will disrupt. The, uh, a lot of cell phone disruptions will also happen where calls from unknown numbers come through. The batteries will Ew. drain. Dead batteries will all of a sudden like be on a full charge. The like turn phones on that were turned off. 
Um, like I said, doors are found open and closed on their own. One heavy iron door literally fell off of its hinges for no reason during a oh. tour. Um, which is the most frightening. If I were on a tour and all of a sudden, like, uh-huh. a 300-pound door just fucking fell on the ground, I would... Yeah, the building's, like, falling apart around <laughs> you. I feel like that's very dangerous. my fucking mind. <laughs> I hope they have a good insurance plan, because that's <laughs> not great. Um, one of the torture machines on that has ropes on it, apparently uh. every time they go, uh, tour guides will go down, the, the ropes are in different positions or tied together. <gasps> I don't like the, the the notion behind that. I don't like that they know how to tie knots still. Oh, I, good point. I don't like that they have the ability to... And how to, to operate torture machinery. Okay, that... From the beyond. Is arguably Ugh. more... Um, it's all bad. It's all bad. Both of it's bad. <laughs> um, so uh, people also get nauseous in the torture room. I'm not shocked about that. Um, visitors that actually work in corrections will usually feel the most sick and complain of this really gross smell that nobody else can smell. Weird. And other visitors have seen orbs. They've been pushed and shoved. They've felt a rope moving around their ankles, (gasps) almost like they're about to get drawn. Um, (gasps) people have heard voices whisper in their ears. They've heard their name being called. And on the main stairs, people report feeling like their arms are wrapped in saran wrap. Like, oh, t- like, like you're stuck and they've also oh, like a straitjacket. Oh, yeah. Maybe? Oh, that's Ugh. actually probably what it is. Well, especially because you said there was like an insane asylum next door, too. That's true. OK. Ugh. Wow. I think you cracked that code. Great. Glad I can like read into this shit <laughs> so well. <laughs> People also feel choking and a shortness of breath. And one visitor was being choked so intensely that the tour guide thought she was going into cardiac arrest. <gasps> um, oh, my God. Women feel hands clamping down on their shoulders that leave bruises and uh, fingerprints. People will get bitten and you will see rope burns around people's necks. Oh, my God. On the third floor, there's still a wheelchair from the 1820s, which I don't know why that isn't in a fucking museum. Goodbye. She's just hanging out in an abandoned building. But Mm -hmm. uh, there's a wheelchair that is from the 1820s. And apparently the chair's owner died from cholera. And uh, so you can still hear coughing around the chair. And also... It has extreme cold spots, and it will regularly move on its own and bump into people. <laughs> Excuse me. It's like, do you Pardon fucking me. mind? This is my place. Um, oh, my God. That's wild. In the, the morgue in the basement, there's a little ghost boy named Jeremiah. Um, apparently, he will try to hold visitors' hands and slip rocks into your pockets as presents. <gasps> that's cute. Which I think is adorable. Like a yeah, little... if he's not a demon, then that's adorable. Well, then he starts throwing rocks at you. Oh, uh, well, okay. That's less adorable. So I don't know if the the rocks were meant to be presents or if they're like, oh, now you have a target. Like, now I know, like, you're someone I want to throw rocks at. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not sure. Um, but you can also feel cold spots in the basement that are about waist high or, like, child size. So a lot of people Mom. think that's Jeremiah coming near you. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. Because I don't know if I should be, if I should feel warm yeah. about it or scared. <laughs> I'm like. I mean, I definitely feel scared. Well, but. that, yeah, okay. I'm scared 100%, but I also want, like, can 50% of it be, like, sweetness? I'm not, I'm like, not sure. Like, is there a sympathy, empathy line, or is this just a demon? Or is he tricking me? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, so the old city uh, jail also once held Union soldiers from the Massachusetts Regiment, which apparently, fun fact, is the same unit that was depicted in the movie Glory in the 80s. Um, okay. So that was the, that was the same uh, unit of soldiers that were in this jail. Um, and these soldiers' presence have been picked up in the morgue 
through spirit box sessions, they'll talk to you a lot. Apparently, they regularly ask for morphine, which like <gasps> sounds cool if it's a um, like a residual haunting where it's like just playing a memory over and over. But if it's like an intelligent thing and it's still asking for morphine, like like is it still yeah. in pain? Are they in yeah, pain? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm hoping it's just like a like a memory on repeat versus can you like still be like addicted in the afterlife ooh, or like I don't know That's I don't know weird. either or are they just like oh I want a drink I want some morphine like just <laughs> go go fun, you know? I got nothing else to do <laughs> right I don't know but so I think that was super interesting um also the 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 tour website for uh the old city jail as of three days ago says that uh during quarantine they've been hosting Facebook live tours of the jail so oh. if you would like to check that out they're known at their uh, tour company is called bulldog tours and wow. i just googled um old city jail facebook live and it was the first link on google so we should do it that it seems fun it's just like a, i think they just walk around and you can that sounds cool yeah it's also a smart way like during quarantine like people can like go on the tour without going on the tour yeah i love that idea so um a few episodes i watched for this were um buzzfeed unsolved um ghost hunters and then obviously our favorite bagel bites and obviously on buzzfeed unsolved they got some blips on the spirit box they heard um unexplained bangs in nearby rooms and they think they saw a weird apparition although i think it was just a security guard um <laughs> it was like too human um but oh, yeah uh but so that's what i found from them on ghost hunters um which is interesting. Ghost hunters and ghost adventures have this in common. The for some reason the old city jail like won a contest and like its its prize was it got to have an episode on oh. the show. Um, so for ghost hunters, uh, the old city jail won the show's America's hometown ghost hunter contest. Okay, that's cool. Which like if you're already this haunted, like why do you need to like prove yourself? Like why do you need to send in a resume to like be on the oh. show when they should already want to come here? But anyway, they experienced intelligent knocking, so asking for a response uh -huh. and getting one. Um, they got really heavy, unexplained thuds and bootsteps and door slamming. Where if that wasn't like the PA making noise around, if that was legitimate, it was very creepy. Um, they also heard uh, an EVP of someone whistling. The main storyline that was super spooky during all this was that one of their literal, their PAs or one of their like crew members who's not supposed to be an investigator, but just like holds the camera. Um, yeah. She was getting fucked up. Like they were scratching the shit out of her. These no, ghosts. that's awful. And they were doing like interviews with her and she was like, I've never seen anything paranormal. I've worked here for a long time. I, I, <laughs> She's like, I'm just trying to make it, make it in the industry. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it big. And also um, I guess the before the investigation when they were doing a tour of it um like a walkthrough the manager said that oh most of the things here happened to women and oh, she great. was the only woman in the crew uh -huh. that night so um there was another woman but she had made it very clear like you are not allowed to touch me i feel very uncomfortable and this poor pa or camera oh, person no. was like i didn't even know i had to say something so i'm just getting yeah. like, torn up um that's scary so she got scratched a little bit at first and then very quickly she had to literally leave the site because she had like scratches all up and down her arms. Um, God. Uh, one of them, uh, one of the other investigators went to the space where that happened to her and very quickly he felt burning and scratches and they put a flashlight on him and there were rope burns around his neck. 
Okay. Um, they then all heard movement and they saw movement outside the doorway and they legitimately thought it was just like, oh, that's the camera person walking by. And then the crew was like, no, 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 like we're we're not over there. Like, so they saw something and didn't even think it could be ghostly. And then when they double checked, there was no one there. Oh no. Um, they heard a door open and close very loudly. Another crew member tapped out like they're dropping like flies. Like there was like, seriously, people were like, I don't want to be here. Um, and then they all end up going back down to where that camera person got scratched and they all see something like, pitch black moving through the door it like even moves past a light source and it blocked the light source um Mm. and right after that the same crew member who was getting scratched up starts feeling burning again and she had scratches on her stomach her neck and her back and Mm. both investigators um saw the black mass again and she felt something touching her as they were closing out and ending the investigation this is like a violent place yeah well at least if you're (laughs) that one person for sure right right um and then last but not least i'm gonna give us a little snippets of bagel bites so thank god this is season five episode 10 if you're interested um these are this is some information that i didn't see anywhere else but apparently the conditions were so bad at this jail that one of the residual sounds people hear a lot is walking but it sounds crunchy and (laughs) apparently it's because there was as like terrible lice problem back then and so the sound is similar to what people have reported were like the sheriff walking through the past the cells and like stepping on lice eggs and so ew, um, ew. during their like during their free time they were in jail so during <laughs> all of their time during craft hour <laughs> art craft hour one of the things a lot of the union soldiers that were uh prisoners here they would just kill time by um just shaving each other all day so lice couldn't get on them oh god that's so gross and also remember maggots in the food and like dirty water Mm. and apparently the latrines were overflowing all the time um and it was super crowded and there was wounds and disease um Mm. and the tour guide said that people also regularly hear footsteps running down the halls and cell doors slamming in empty rooms when they're locking up at night um other tour guides said that he, oh, this was really creepy. One tour guide said that he was looking in the window of the guard's room and saw an apparition of Lavinia staring back at him. And oh. then he realized that it wasn't an apparition on the other side. It was her reflection behind him. Ah! Ugh. No, 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 no. Um, when asking about Lavinia's spirit during the interview, like during the walkthrough interview portion, Zach is quoted saying, I somehow seem to attract psychotic evil women. <laughs> Sorry. That hit a little too close to home for me. Well, I heard him say, and I went, oh, I'm going to have to go back and write that one down. That's (laughs) too on the nose. Put that on a magnet for Christine's fridge. Here, in case you need it for your Redbubble account, here it is. I I do. (laughs) I somehow seem to attract psychotic evil woman from Zach. And then put my face under it in my Twitter account. the, The tour guide was like, good for you zach like literally didn't know what to <laughs> what say what do you say to that right like, good for you and then zach was like no it's not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so uh th- he was on a different level in this episode because then he apparently like was all antsy about investigating that night he like needed to ghost hunt immediately so in the broad daylight they go to like downtown charleston i guess and went on a horse-drawn carriage And he asks the coach driver to just drop them off at a random haunted location for them to investigate during the day. 
Um, I skipped that part of the episode because for all I know, it's a location I'm going to cover later and I didn't want to get into it. But he does investigate a location um, earlier in the day. But before they got dropped off, um, they're talking to the coach driver and the horse pees all over the street. And Zach asks if he can be the one to drop the urine marker on the street for like the street cleaners. He's like very excited about it. He was like, oh, can I do it? He, right before, I guess he had learned what a urine marker was, where if I also grew up in um, right, you know, a town that did horse-drawn carriages, so I, I've seen them on the streets before, but they're like these little like flags, and like whenever a horse, you know, goes in the street, you throw one on, so that way when the cleaners see the oh, little I flag Oh, I didn't know litter, this. They know, you can, they know like what to clean up. They know it's literal horse pee and not like water or something and now it's zach's new hobby got it he saw it he lost his fucking mind and then when the horse peed everywhere he was like can i throw the urine marker so this is us on a tv show like no no no, you're supposed (laughs) to be doing like the actual content of the show (laughs) so he he got to throw the urine marker that was his favorite thing in the world and then he must have really given himself uh, a big head because he started talking about uh horse bathroom tendencies and he asked the coach driver quote when a horse takes a shit in the bag, I notice the bag jumbles up, kind of like you're tossing some salad. Do you get the vaporous fumes that come back up through here? AKA, can you smell the horse poop when you're yeah, standing behind the horse when he poops? Right. <laughs> and the driver said, yes. And then Aaron went, quote, so far I haven't learned anything about the city. I've only learned about poop. <laughs> oh my God. This is really... I love this. This is like next level. I won't be able to eat salad for a while. Let's just put it that way. No, it's not. I I wasn't going to eat salad anyway, but (laughs) yeah, not planning on it anymore. So when they investigate the jail, here's my last really fun fact, like super, super fun fact. Okay. Um, So when they decide to investigate the jail, remember I said there was a theme and that there were contests for both of these shows. Ghost Hunters had a contest. Well, Ghost Adventures also had a contest. And it was called the Music Video Mashup Challenge, which I don't remember. But apparently, the, when they were filming that season, they had this challenge where people could submit music videos and, like, I guess, like, overlay Ghost Adventures quotes or... I am so angry. I didn't know about this when it was happening. So I have the link. I have it on my phone. I'm going to send it to Eva, and we're going to put it in the show notes for this episode so you guys okay. can all watch it. Um, I'll also... Text it to you later. This guy literally tried to dress up like Zach Bagans, had the faux hawk, tried to totally recreate the intro, uh, like the my name is Zach Bagans. And like, but it's funny, like he's he made it like a parody, so he's like standing next to someone with a yeah. white sheet on him, like so he looks like a ghost. Um but so, so here's he, he so, Oh sorry, go ahead. So I was gonna say that the guy, the video I'm gonna show, that was the entry winner. And so the well, so okay. I feel like that means ZB has a good sense of humor, right? If he like let a parody win, I think so. And right. Well, what's really fun about it is that so the contest winner, you got to then go explore and uh, you got to investigate with them. So I'm so angry I didn't win the contest. <laughs> well, you're gonna be even angrier. So the the person that um, that won this challenge and s- submitted the video that we'll have in the show notes, his name was Dakota. He was 16 at the time. Um, his, his contest entry name was your dad's awesome music video. Um, <laughs> just so you know what he, what he thought that was going to be the winning title. And it was, so whatever. it worked. Um, Dakota was 16 at the time. So since he was underage, his dad also went. And so they both investigated with Zach together. 
I'm so happy about this. The best, the best fun fact I think I've ever had is this about Dakota. So at the time he was 16, this was in 2012. And I thought, oh, I'm going to Instagram message him and I'm going to ask him like what his, like what his experience was, if he could tell us anything about Zach. And Uh then I found him on Instagram and then Mm -hmm. I realized, oh, he's verified. And also he is like, he has like a lot of followers, so I don't think he's going to get back to me. But I was like, why does he have so many followers? He later went on to be the producer, editor, and star of Travel Channel's Destination Fear. What? So, which is precious, because I kind of think of Destination Fear as like a, I was gonna say, a spinoff of Ghost Adventures. Normally, I would say it's rigged, but if he was 16 when he won, like, it's not like at that point he was already working for Travel Channel. No, there were all, like, the only way yeah, I found... that's amazing. The way I found his last name was through a bunch of articles who were like, aspiring filmmaker, Dakota... <gasps> And I was like, oh, he makes it. He, like, has his own show. That is so cool. And the super precious part of this all is that in this episode, because he's, like, a teenager, like, he didn't really know what he was doing, Zach teaches him how to use night vision, which he uses on his own show now, which is just, like... I am thrilled by this information. It was just, like... In Zach Bagan's world, it was the sweetest thing I've ever seen, where I was like... Yeah, this is precious. History writing itself. Um, It's beautiful. But so... Uh, Zach's crew taught him how to use night vision, and now he uses it a lot on Destination Fear, which is on Travel Channel, just like Zach. And they, I looked, they follow each other on Instagram, and Zach <gasps> only follows 33 people, and Dakota's one of them. Wow! Sorry, that was loud. So, holy cannoli. I did not message Dakota and get any yeah. hot goss. That's for another Tea Time Tuesday. Yeah, um, and don't harass him, please, on our behalf, because <laughs> that doesn't work for uh, ZB, and it probably won't work for Dakota. <laughs> but it was really, really cute to see, like, a 16-year-old who, like, ends up making it, I doing that exact that thing. I story. That's so cute. So uh, while he's there, uh, during this investigation, Zach asks Lavinia to complete her final words, because remember she said, like, oh, if I, you know, if you have a message for the devil, let me know. I'm going to see him in a right. second. So in a second, in the hot sec. And so um, Zach said, you know, your final words, what were your final words again? If you have a message for and then the spirit box said the devil. <laughs> so Yikes. that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, it is. They also saw mist and then they kept hearing knocking. Um, and later there was a very loud crashing sound like something huge had been thrown. Um, and then they got an EVP saying, you make me mad. Well, so that's awful. That wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Zach is also quoted because he was talking to Dakota and his dad. And I guess they Uh were wondering if they were like how much investigating they were really going to be doing or if they were just going to watch Zach. And Zach says, quote, guys, you didn't want a birthday party in McDonald's. You want a lockdown with us. So, dad, we've got a room for you. And then they locked the dad in to like by himself for an hour in an empty room with equipment. Oh, my God. You know, Zach prepared that statement. Like, I'm <laughs> so proud of it. This isn't your average McDonald's birthday party. <laughs> so they lock Dakota's dad in a room by himself. And while he's oh, alone, no. they hear this huge, unexplained crashing, banging next to the room, which they still oh. never figured out. Um, they also bring Dakota to Lavinia's area. And Zach says the quote. He's, he's introducing Lavinia to Dakota and says, quote, there's a spirit here. Her name's Lavinia. Lavinia was a psychotic bitch, and she killed a lot of people. <coughs> I just choked on my own spit. I'm like, you're talking to a 16-year-old, by the way. Like, this, Yeah, wow. Are you trying to like get on his level or something? I love that he got rid of the dad first before he said that. 
well then locked his dad away then he leaves dakota with a digital recorder in lavinia's area and says like okay now try to talk to her and like get some information and dakota says quote lavinia my name is dakota and i'm a lot hotter than zach (laughs) (laughs) okay it's no wonder this kid ended up being a success and uh so anyway they soon hear really heavy footsteps upstairs in real life in real time not just on the digital recorder um and also dakota sees a light fly by at the same time his dad gets an evp of a man yelling and screaming next to him even though he didn't hear it in real life um and there were there was a male evp that said let me out i want to go at the same time as that evp two or no not at the same time that was just one evp let me out i want to go and then um two of the cameras at a different time uh they both had fresh batteries and then they died and then right afterwards aaron got really sick and an evp got caught of someone saying get off of him almost as (gasps) if they were making him sick gross so anyway that was a lot but that was um the old city jail in charleston wow that so, was good, Em. I'm sorry that was, that was good. so, so long, but... No, I mean, I'm sorry to everybody else, because mine's also long, um, but wow, that was good, Em. That was next-level stuff. Thank you. I, I, That information about Dakota, that was also uh, a, a, a deep-dive move that I usually wouldn't have done, but I I really felt like I'm going to get some information out of this kid, and Those then I found out... Com- yeah. I found a completely different information. It's like clearly worth it. I wow. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that uh that I like to hear. The the really random shit. Yeah. Um wow, good job. I love that. How's your dry mouth doing? It's going to be a lot better now that I'm not talking anymore. So <laughs> Okay. I had texted M earlier and I said um like I have a really long story. It's a big or I said it's a big story yes. and M was like I'm really excited about mine, too. So I was like, we're going to have a double whammy here. Yeah. At least it's a good episode. Like, if you're halfway yeah. through your road trip already or, like, you're halfway through cleaning your bathroom, I hope it's looking great. I hope you're having a good time. Wow. Get ready man. for part two. I wish podcasting inspired me to clean, but it, like, certainly <laughs> does not. Um, anyway, so this is a story that has also been requested just a shit ton. Um, Ooh. I am beyond excited to cover this because it's just one of the mo- more horrible stories what that um is it? what is it it's the watts family murders i don't know what the- wait oh i know this i you know do? this i was oh good it, are we talking about chris watts the guy yes that- okay yeah 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 i yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i don't know enough I did you be- watch the documentary no i will be oh, okay i know the very 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 general story so you are gonna still blow my mind i'm very excited about this. okay oh my gosh oh, i'm excited oh my gosh this is so cool okay oh, this is a big one so um there was a documentary that came out recently uh on netflix called american murder the family next door mm. and it was directed by jenny popplewell it's on netflix um I have watched it twice now, and I don't often watch things twice, so that's saying something. Um, It is one, in my opinion, one of the most compelling true crime documentaries I've ever seen. Um, And I think it's mostly because there's this added level of horror in that they use mostly firsthand footage, like from, Mm -hmm. so, um, well, you'll see more, but it's, it's like very, uh, what, what I, when I, I think what I'm, what I'm catching is like, I remember they interviewed him a lot before they found out the truth and so it's like you can look at original footage and see like you could do like a lot of behavioral yeah there's well basically there's 
there's like firsthand stuff from years before anything oh, happens. So a lot of footage okay. from their family, their lives, like before Got she it. used social media a lot. Um, so there's just a ton of like background stuff we get to see as part of this documentary to kind of like flush out their whole lives before this crime took place. Got it. And you are so, going to talk about the ghost, correct? What? The- oh no i don't have that in here i forgot about that okay we, we can talk about it at the end. that's the only we'll thing it. i know because everyone was tagging me in yeah it. we gotta do a bone oh fuck yeah i i didn't even think to look that up because this story's already so goddamn long that's okay um maybe we can do like a bonus thing or something okay um okay so let me just get into it so yeah. uh even though we are talking about it today i do recommend highly to see this uh documentary because just seeing it is way different than just hearing about it um, so highly recommend it. So on the morning of Monday, August 14th, 2018, we're in Frederick, Colorado. A woman named Nicole Atkinson decides she's going to text her friend Shanann Watts. Uh, Nicole had dropped Shanann off at 2 a.m. the morning before that night or like the, that morning. Yeah. Um, they had gone to an MLM conference in Arizona. No comment. Like a direct direct sales <laughs> i know she's the victim so let's not say anything negative <laughs> i think that's a whole nother episode uh yeah. topic mm-hmm. so um they uh, nicole decides to check in with shanann uh because during the trip to arizona she had been like really on edge she hadn't been eating she hadn't been drinking um and so she was like i'm just gonna check in on her make sure she's doing okay so they, uh, she and Nicole had met selling Thrive, which is an MLM, like a mostly weight loss supplement. They're okay. like these little patches. Uh, their friendship had blossomed because they both had kids a similar age. Um, they would have a lot of play dates with their kids and they became really close, really good friends. Mm. So Shanann was an avid social media user, which is part of the reason that we have so much footage of her and her family. Um, and she responded to texts usually really quickly. So when she didn't respond to Nicole's message, um, it was a little strange. So Nicole texted her again a half an hour later and, uh, Nicole knew Shanann had a doctor's appointment that morning. So she was like, Hey, how'd it go? Nothing. No word right. from Shanann. So two hours co- go by. She's still not hearing from her. And she's like, something's off. She just feels it. It's like a spidey sense. She's like, I know something's going on. Sure. So she texts her, I'm very worried about you. I'm coming to your house. And that was at 11.46 a.m. So Nicole gets to the Watts household at 12.10. Nobody seems to be home, which is odd because Shanann works from home. Um, So she also hadn't responded to any messages still at this point. So Nicole calls the police and says and also calls uh, Shanann's husband, Chris, who's 33. And he rushes from his job as an operator for a company called Anadarko Petroleum, which is an oil and gas company. And he had been at work uh, since he left around 5.15, 5.30 a.m. that morning. So he knew nothing of where Shanann could be, um, apart that, apart from that, the fact that she had a doctor's appointment scheduled mm-hmm. and potentially a play date scheduled. So the police arrive at around 1.40. Um, and this is kind of where a lot of the footage comes from, too, because the police... In the documentary, they use police body cam footage uh, from that day to, like, tell the Got story. It. So okay. all of that footage is in it. It's really fascinating. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's really cool. So yeah. they, I mean, you know, cool in its own way, but. Right. I got you. So they have this, um, their body cams on. So you get to watch this all happen, unfold in real time. Um, so they arrive around 140. Chris arrives and lets police into the house. 
Uh, Shanann isn't there. The two kids aren't there. There is no trace of where they could have gone. The house is immaculate. They soon find Shanann's phone in the house, and Chris says, this is her lifeline. She works from home. This is her lifeline. So very weird that it would be at home. And he also comes out of his daughter's rooms and says they left their blankies, Mm. like their blankies are here, which they would never leave the house without. They also find Shanann's purse on the kitchen counter. And Nicole notices that uh, Shanann's lupus medication is in the purse. So, so she's like, like everything she fucking needs is like here. Okay. Exactly. So she's like, that's even a bigger red flag than the phone. Like she needs her medication. Right. So then uh, Chris also finds her wedding ring on the nightstand, but there's no note or anything. The house is clean. Um, so the police kind of go around to neighbors' houses and ask if anyone has, like, camera footage from an outdoor, like a ring doorbell or a, a nest camera or something. And uh, they find a neighbor who does have some footage. And when they watch it back, the only thing they can see is Chris's car leaving at 5.15, sorry, 5.17 a.m. specifically. Okay. Um, and so at this point, they're like, hey, do you have any clue where she could be? And Chris just says, we recently had an emotional conversation not even a fight, but that's that's it. That's all I can think of. So okay. now just to give some background on um, the couple, Shanann and Chris themselves. So the Watts family, um, they were portrayed, this is very cliche, but they were portrayed as like the perfect, uh, picture-perfect family. Americana, like, bread and butter. Totally. Like very beautiful, happy, two kids. Um she posted a lot of fa- like daily basically vlogged their lives on Facebook. Um, it was just like a constant stream of like what they were doing every day. And she, you know, worked from home uh, for this MLM. So she was posting like those kind of streams. She was posting about the kids and their I activities. Am- I imagine that would be really, really useful as a cop. Like, when it- yeah, like it's like and a documentarian. <laughs> Okay, that also, yeah, as a filmmaker, it's like, look at all of this footage we have. Firsthand, yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, as a, as a cop, you can see, like, everything about their their dynamic, like, their back and forth. I mean, we're going to talk about some of it, too, and how it played into it. And you can see, I mean, you can see, like, their life events unfold, their vacations, their yeah. uh, life, their life. <laughs> yeah, their whole life. So um, Shanann described in one Facebook video, for example, this is a good example of that, that Chris had added her on Facebook several years ago, and she thought, what the heck? I'll never meet him. He's just a Facebook friend. I have a million of them. And I'm like, so he literally out of the, that's how they met. He out of the blue added her on Facebook, which is just, to me, kind of odd. I know some people do that, but. Right. And is there, do we find out that there was a reason to that? Like, oh, okay. He thought she was cute and added her and. Like pre very, Tinder, I guess. That's a very like almost MySpace move or like a Tumblr move of like, I don't yeah. have to know you. <laughs> and so she said like, oh, I have a million of them. Um, and then she says, but the thing about Facebook is then you finally meet the person. And I'm like, well, you usually don't, I would say, right. I would argue. <laughs> How often uh, are you just meeting strangers from Facebook? Yeah, it seems like not the greatest idea, but I mean, it worked. She and Chris started to date. Um, apparently she was very like hesitant about it and she pushed him away a lot. She w- would always give him an out, but he was like always sticking around. He went to her colonoscopy with her. Wow. Um, and as someone who has a partner who went to their colonoscopy, I can tell you that it's much appreciated. <laughs> is it? I, I've always wanted to, I've, is that 
I feel like I would be more uncomfortable. I don't know why. Well, they're not like watching it. But <laughs> it's like, Allison, look me in the eyes <laughs> while like something goes up my party. tushy. It just, <laughs> just, just no, be I there mean, with me in this moment. Because you can't drive afterwards. So you don't want to oh, take an Uber okay. home. I mean, you know, like. I didn't know you couldn't drive after. I guess that. Well, you're being sedated. Yeah. You know, I so. As someone who's never had one, I know none of those things have even crossed my mind. But okay, yeah. I, so good to know. I mean, also Blaze works in in medicine, so I mean, maybe it's different. But I have thought I was like, if something really traumatic were to happen to any part of my body, I think despite how close you are or Allison is, I was like, I kind of would just want Blaze there, and that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't blame you for one goddamn second. I don't. I think my most of my family would feel that way as well. Like Christine, you can stay home and watch the cat. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so he always stuck around and then she's like, you know what? He never left my side. Um, he was always there for me. So that's when I knew he was the one she had already gone through a pretty awful divorce. Um, and she had gone through a really hard time emotionally and had been diagnosed with lupus. And so she'd already gone through like a really, really rough patch. So when she met Chris, it was sort of like this godsend, um, in her mind. And they got married on November 3rd, 2012 in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, and then they moved to Colorado together. Cool. So apparently she had been told at one point in her life that she couldn't have kids, but the two of them did have children and she was like ecstatic. This was all she ever wanted. Uh, they had Bella, who was born December 17th, 2013, and Cece, who was born July 17th, 2015. Okay. So... It's just like this very cliche social media thing of like, oh, they post the sweetest family photos and holiday pictures. And like, it's just, you know, a very sweet family. Insta-perfect. Insta-perfect, exactly. And she shared how much she like doted on her children. Her husband, they had a dachshund named Dieter. Uh, (laughs) He's very cute. And the the little girls with the dachshund is just precious. Um. And so the most exciting news that she had shared recently was a video of her surprising Chris with the news that she was pregnant with their third child. Ooh, okay. So she wore a shirt that said, oops, we did it again, <laughs> and held the pregnancy, the stick thing. Yep. And uh, when he walked in the room, she had, like, the camera rolling, and when and it was on Facebook Live, and which is Ooh. a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, yikes. <laughs> So when he walked in the room, he's like, oh, I like your shirt and laughs at it and then kind of realizes like, oh, really? And she's like, really? It's just a little bit weird. I mean, I don't think anyone would act natural in this scenario. It's kind of awkward, but like, I don't know. It felt weird. It to didn't me seem like he was excited or. Yeah, it felt a little cold or like a little bit like apprehensive. Hmm. Neither of them were very. I mean, she was kind of like, hey, look. And he was like, oh. He was just like, oh, another one. <laughs> sort of, which, you know, I mean, I'm like, I get they were they were already, which I'll mention later, in like really big financial debt. So mm. like I get that it was probably a big stressor. But also this was weird to me. It was just awkward, I guess, and like pretty silent. And this is – she did sh- choose to share it though. So, I mean, who knows? Um, so he looks at the test and says, so pink means – and she was like, uh, it means positive. Like, We've done this before, would, homie. Like, you know what it looks what like. I was, well, he goes, oh, so, but is it a girl? And I was like, do you really what? think that? Okay, that's the first red flag. Isn't that weird? I'm like, is, that's not a thing, right? Like, I mean, I, I guess it is. I don't know. Well, there's a, I, this is kind of outdated now because in TikTok world, like, after two weeks, something's outdated. But, <laughs> like, a month ago, there was this huge trend where, like, girls were asking their boyfriends, like, basic 
questions about oh like, i do remember that and like they could not get it together so like maybe this is one of those things but like after I two guess, kids shouldn't you know like how like when gender can even be announced and all that that's the thing that threw me or off sex, is like, excuse me not gender or sex right that's that's what threw me off is like you already have two of them like right you should know how this goes you know how the the, te- the peeing on the stick works at this <laughs> point but okay so you know who knows uh, it's just a little bit awkward but Anyway, they're having their third kid, and he had wanted a boy because they had two girls. So, um, you know how I said earlier, like, oh, she had this appointment, uh, and Nicole had texted her, and she wasn't answering, which is when she knew something was wrong. Right. So that appointment was actually an ultrasound appointment. So oh. that's kind of why Nicole, like, she wouldn't miss this appointment. Like, I this is see. not something she would voluntarily miss. Gotcha. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So she was about 14 or 15 weeks along, according to Chris. And another uh, fact that was not shared on their perfect family social media is that the Watts family was about $400,000 in debt. Yowza. So that was wow. not good. Big bucks. Okay. Um, big bucks. And so now she's pregnant again. That's an added stressor, I would imagine. Which, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that experience is like finding out that you're going to have a baby, but I imagine if you are that deep in the red, like 1% mm-hmm. of you is on is scared shitless at the very least. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, I would imagine anytime you're having a baby, there's probably a lot of like apprehension about like your like, life's changing. Yeah, how the massively. fuck are we going to do this? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. I I think it's just when you put everything on the internet for everybody to like parse through and analyze right. and, you know, it's just it's hard to say. It's hard to say. But so on August 14th, 2018, which is the day of the disappearance, um, the police called Chris to get some information about his wife and two girls so they can post alerts throughout the neighborhood. Neighborhood, And they bring a sniffer dog named Cody. <gasps> Cody's my new best to, friend in this whole story. I know. Welcome. We're now we're now a trio because, uh, wow, I'm obsessed with him. They brought him to the house, but uh, according to the handler – she is seen in the footage and she says like maybe this is just me but this house seems way too immaculate for mm. like a house basically with two kids living in it right um, like something's being covered she, up and or cleaned or she just says like it's it seems weirdly clean and then the dog doesn't find anything so okay. that's kind of where they leave it um so press also interview Chris for a missing persons report. And again, you can watch this footage of him on the news basically saying, uh, you know, Shanann, if, if you hear this, please bring the kids home. I want mm. you home. I think I remember uh, that. Yeah, that one's a pretty famous one. And there's definitely a lot of analysis on that online as well, which is kind of interesting. Okay. Um, and then Chris goes into the police department to be like formally interviewed. So uh, they focus police focus on the quote-unquote emotional conversation that he brought up earlier when he's like it wasn't a fight it was an emotional conversation okay um which now he's calling an emotional argument so they're like huh well can you tell us what we're gonna pull on that string basically right so apparently a couple months ago shanann and the kids had gone to stay with her parents in north carolina for six weeks over the summer um and chris didn't join uh because he had to work and then he joined the last week of the six-week trip. So for Got five it. weeks, he was at home alone. Okay. Um, so it's kind of a timeline here. So Shanann and the girls flew out to North Carolina in late June. And then July 31st, he came out for a week to join the family. Then they all returned on uh, – they all returned to Colorado 
after that week. And then on August 10th, Shanann flew to Arizona for the MLM conference. Damn. And travel bug. The t- seriously. A globe shotter. <laughs> and then the 14th is when she was dropped off by Nicole. And okay. Got it. The rest is history. Yep. So during this trip to North Carolina, it was basically like the last big family trip before they disappeared. Um, so apparently on this trip, before Chris arrived, Shanann had gotten into an argument with Chris's parents, her in-laws. Okay. okay. Not good. Uh, Shanann and the kids had gone to visit his parents, who also lived in North Carolina. And Cindy, Chris's mom, brought out ice cream for everyone that contained everything little Cece was allergic to. So she's allergic to a whole lot of ingredients. And the ice cream was like... And this girl's very young, and so this is a very dangerous move. Right. She's not going to know what she can and can't eat and all that. Yeah, exactly. So Shanann saw this as reckless. Um, she basically accused Cindy. I mean, she, like, blew up about this. She accused Cindy of basically trying to kill her child, and Cindy was like, it was a harmless mistake. I didn't know about her allergies, which then Shanann was like, how could you not know? You're her grandma, so a- and you've been with yeah. her. Also, like, they were together for, like, a long time, right? Like, Yeah, or spending- I don't know if... I don't know how long they'd been there. They were visiting one day, so I don't oh, know if oh, they'd been okay. there before or not. Gotcha. Because um, okay. they were there to visit her parents, but then one day they took a trip to visit oh, his parents. yes, you did say this. Which is like when this kind of blew up into this big mess. But yeah, I mean, you'd think that a Grandma would know. might know, especially at least if they're close. Like if, yeah. you know. Anyway. You'd think so. You'd think so. So essentially this turns into this huge argument and Cindy kicks them out of the house. Um, and Shanann sends Chris a text saying, you should call your dad and tell him you did not appreciate your mom putting your daughter at risk today. Hmm. And Chris replied, I will call him and tell him what I think about this. It's not fucking cool at all because it is the kids. I will set this right. Okay. So rift, a little bit of a rift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One could say. <laughs> uh, so this was not set right. Uh, unfortunately, on July 15, 2018, um, it was Cece's birthday party and her grandparents didn't show up. So mm. Chris's parents didn't show up to the party, which I found kind of mean because it's like it's still your granddaughter. Even yeah. if you don't agree with your mo- daughter-in-law or whatever. Yeah. If your granddaughter no. wants you to come to her birthday, it makes me sad that they didn't go. Yeah, I like kind of just like get over that little problem and like, yeah. just go to your like, grandkids party. A lot of people don't agree with their in-laws, right? But I don't know. This is none of my none of my beeswax. This is for M's tea time. This, I should listen, just shut my mouth. Yeah, just like anonymously <laughs> write about it on my tea time and I'll, I'll, give you I might. My, I'll give you my opinion later. I might link to this episode and just let you take it. <laughs> um, so it just was sad because she's a little girl. She's like super tiny and her grandparents don't show up to her party. Um, so, and Shanann was clear that they were invited. So it wasn't like she had uninvited them or anything. Um, so that at this point they're thinking, okay, well maybe this is what pushed Shanann to leave right. with the kids. Maybe she was like done with his family and like that he wasn't standing up for her. Like maybe that could have been it. Um, and there was actually already a, a history of, family friction or like a rift i guess as i said earlier many rifts maybe maybe just like a giant like crack in yeah (laughs) yeah like that earthquake that split up pangea just i was gonna say like like the squirrel and ice age like (laughs) yeah yeah this was the acorn from ice age this whole family yeah and they just kind of got dropped right in exactly (laughs) that's like the perfect analogy ice age it's like okay so how would you describe this family um the acorn from Ice Age. 
I would like just say that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Or all the riffs, good. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's already a riff because, um, according to Chris, his mom never thought Shanann was, quote, good enough for him. Mm. Uh, to the point that Chris's family didn't even attend their wedding. <gasps> oh, my gosh. In North Carolina. Like, it, again, they just didn't show up, which is like, yikes. Yeah. And apparently he w- they were like, police were like, well, why doesn't she like, sh- or why don't they like Shanann? Like, you know. What's the deal? Why don't they? Th- yeah. Why don't they think she's good enough? And he was like, well, they thought that she took me away from them a little bit. And they, they were mad that she we moved to Colorado. And I'm like, that is not enough of a fucking reason. But to- also it's kind of backwards of like, you know, oh, well, that, they feel like I'm not, they feel like I got taken away. And so now they're pushing away from the time that they do have with me. Like, that doesn't really totally yeah. make sense. No, it is. It's it doesn't, and it's like I. I mean, it's hurt. It it sounds hurtful to me. Like I don't know. I don't think that's. Ugh, it just seems like very. Wow, this is a shock of a century. I don't think this is a healthy family. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> to put it mildly, <laughs> correct. It's the acorn it's, for my sage. Talk about another acorn. <laughs> wow, this squirrel is just hoarding them. <laughs> no. So uh, anyway, so there's this family rift already happening. It's just getting worse because now Shanine's trying to visit with the grandkids and it's blowing up. She's getting kicked out of the house. It's just bad. Hmm. But now they're missing. And so Chris is now in this awkward position. Um, and police are like, does your at this point, they're like, well, does your gut feeling tell you that Shanann and the kids walked out or were they taken out? And Chris replies, at first, I really thought maybe she was just at somebody's house, just decompressing. But after today, with the onslaught of all the police cars, all the news, all the canine units, it's making me lean the other direction that someone took her. But if someone took her, it would have had to have been someone she knew because there's no sign of anything like being disturbed or broken. Right. Like, according to the storyline, according to the current storyline, Nicole dropped her off at like two in the morning and then three hours later, he went to work. Right. Yeah. So there was like. Yeah. Which I assume the cops at some point have asked him, like, oh, when you left, was she in bed or something? So Right, right, right. And that was, he said, like, the last time he saw her was right. she was in bed. He went to work. No clue what happened. Right. Okay. Except he knew about the doctor's appointment, yada, yada. Okay. Um, exactly. So that was kind of, and the timeline is backed up by the video footage. She's, you can, there's doorbell footage of her walking into the house with her suitcase at two in the morning and Mm. there's video footage of his truck leaving the driveway weird so So then uh well i guess maybe i'll get to it never mind i was it's a mystery i was gonna say like well then it's i know you're gonna get to it don't worry don't worry i know but it's it's that's the part where you're like what the like (laughs) i'm so excited to answer the questions okay good well tell me my little squirrel my little (laughs) just juggling (laughs) all the acorns for me right now you know how bad I am at juggling. Don't bring it up. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, so on the topic of this uh, of relationships, uh, the interviewer kind of kind of takes a turn and he says to Chris, "Hey, so you've lost some weight and you've kind of gotten really fit." And then he says, "Quote: You can imagine when guys start cheating uh-huh. or want to cheat, that's what happens." Mm-hmm. And Chris is like, "I've never cheated on my wife." He makes that very clear. And he says, you know, I was 245 pounds and now he's about 180. So he's oh, like, oh, so really he didn't just lost. lose some weight. He like, yeah, is- he got like buff. Like he, he got right. jacked. Like he works out a lot, which is also part of, you see all the Facebook live stuff and like he's, his routine has a lot of exercising involved now. Gotcha. 
Um, <clears throat> so he keeps insisting, like, no, I would never cheat. And uh, they call his supervisor, Luke Eppel at work, who says he's never indicated or said anything to me that would make me think that he was cheating. Um, So they're like, okay, that's kind of a dead end for right now. So they're kind of stopping on that front. But uh, it turns out after going through some text messages between Shanann and her friends, uh, Shanann was still concerned about Chris's loyalty so even though he's swearing up and down he had nothing his boss is saying no he was loyal to his wife as far as I could tell uh text messages from Shanann to her friends uh indicate that she was suspicious let's just put it that way okay so during her trip to North Carolina she had a lot of exchanges um with friends and with Chris uh he kept claiming to have missed or not seen her calls and FaceTimes Hmm. um and she sent one text that reads forget not getting my calls you fucking call your kids when you wake up you have not called one time since we've been here on your own um so he keeps apologizing he's like oh the facetime call went to my work phone i didn't see it it's just a lot of excuses yeah a lot of back and Uh forth Uh yeah just a lot of bs and he's like i'll call the following morning but it's like your two kids are gone for six weeks like you think you'd call every now and then yeah just i would think check in just to at least, at least say hello <laughs> every couple of days just to say what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, even when he joined them finally in North Carolina for that last week, things did not improve. This is, again, all on video. She has him arriving at the airport. She has them going to the beach, taking the kids to the beach for the first time, all on camera. And Chris had become very cold and standoffish. Uh, she texted her friend, Quote, he kissed me once since he's been here. That was at that was at airport. I kissed him. No grabbing my ass, hugging or anything. I want to cry. And then another text which reads, kids in bed. I took a night shower. Means I want sex and he knows it. He's over here doing fucking. Oh, sorry. It says ducking because of the autocorrect. <laughs> but just to clarify. <laughs> He's, that's the most relatable part of this whole story. That's probably the the one part I absolutely can be like, oh, I've been there. I'm like, no one has ever meant to type ducking. Right, okay? right, right. Apple. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, he's over here doing ducking push-up challenge instead of discussing anything or fucking me. I'm over here crying in silence. He's never been like this. Five and a half ducking weeks, no sex, unless he was getting it somewhere else. Hmm. So she's pissed. Uh... And scared because she's like, he's not even like coming near me. Right. Um, However, Chris was adamant that he was not with anyone else. Um, And her friends were like, hey, maybe he's just having a tough time. Like he wouldn't cheat on you. Just like, you know, stay strong, yada, yada. Um, So before she left for her work trip, they got back to Colorado and then she was going to that MLM conference. And she had written him a note, and they show the whole handwritten note. I'm not going to read the whole thing on the video or on the documentary, but it said, it included, I miss holding you. These last five weeks have been so hard. I missed watching you play with the kids. I don't want to lose you ever. I will be civil and get along with your mom. We just all need to have mutual respect. I will do anything for you. The last thing on earth is for you to hurt. You deserve the world, and I don't like it when you hurt. It hurts me. I will fight for our marriage. So, like. So, that, so remind me, that was a letter that mm-hmm. he, that she left for him. Yeah, so she wrote that letter before the, um, the MLM trip. conference. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And do we and know then, that she actually wrote this? 
Yeah, she wrote it to him when they got back to Colorado and she's like, I'm heading on a work trip. You're watching the kids. And she said, you're, she texted him, your letter's on the counter. And that was the okay. letter that I don't know if she, she left if he like him. if he faked it or something. Oh, no, no, no. That okay. was like a letter she had written before, like a week before all of this. Got it. <clears throat> so um, clearly Shanana's like wanting to make this right and work on this. Right. And, is, uh, is committed to the relationship. Yes, fully. And I remember she's also pregnant with her third kid. So right. It's like, so ultra committed aspect. currently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back to present day. Fast forward. Uh, the investigation. No sign of Shanann. No sign of the kids. Uh, police are canvassing. their flyers. News broadcasts. Um, with headlines like pregnant woman vanishes with two daughters. They're asking for any signs, any clues from neighbors. And then about two days after the disappearance on August 15th, uh, Chris has agreed to come in for a polygraph test. Mm. So this test is conducted by Agent Tammy Lee. Okay. And we like we like Agent Lee. Oh, okay. Uh, so she welcomes Chris. I just love watching this footage because it's just like you just can see what's going on. And she's just such a badass. So oh, she welcomes God. Chris to the test. And she's very nice, very calm. And she says, I want you to have confidence in the fact that you had nothing to do with this disappearance. We're going to find that out today. And obviously, I mean, I hope that you know that if you did have something to do with their disappearance, it would be really stupid for you to come in here and take a polygraph today. Yeah. Right? Like, it would be really dumb. Like, you should not be here right now sitting in this chair if you had anything to do with Shanann and the little girl's disappearance. Okay? I love it. <laughs> I love it. And she's like, she's like patting his arm, like just being very like comforting. And she says, the coolest thing about this is right now there's only one person in this room that knows what the truth is. And in about five minutes, there's going to be two of us. That's the coolest part. Okay. So I'm like, he's given the full spiel of like, this is what this means. She did. And you're about to take. She did a great job of making it look like he was the good. Like, I mean, like, yes, typical, typical, you know, badass woman of like making the guy look like it's his. He made the decision himself. But really, she's like, it's up to me. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to get this this out. Isn't this Isn't really this cool and exciting? Isn't this fun that I'm going to find out whatever <laughs> I need to in a second? But it's all up to you, however you... But this is your game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the questions begin with, is your first name Christopher? Just obviously baseline questions. And sure. then they delve into, did you physically cause Shanann's disappearance? Chris says no. Are you lying about the last time you saw Shanann? Chris says no. And then she has to stop the test and she says, your breathing is all over the place. Like, calm down, take oh, a breath. Shit. Let's like start over. Which Basically. like it, it could it could have been if he were to be innocent, like he's still having to talk yeah. about like his missing wife and children, so the breathing is understandable. I think even the fact that the baseline wasn't getting like yeah because he was so all over the place. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it was a reliable start because he was all over the place. Because like if you're already freaking out about what's your name, yeah. I would okay. I just like side note one of like my dream jobs I've always wanted is to be a polygraph examiner. Really? All the way. I like only like two weeks ago, I was like looking at like polygraph college <laughs> just because like polygraph college. <laughs> it's like a, like you have to take like all these courses and get like truly certified and all that. But like it, it's going to be one of those things that never happens. But part of me is That's always the most like Gemini thing I've ever heard. I just want to <laughs> have the power to find out if people are lying. I just want to I just want to know, you know, what's out there. I want to know what I, I don't like, want you to have that power over me. I just I, it's like one of those things where I think like, damn, in another life, I would have definitely tried to do that. That would be cool. I don't think I can, though, because I I think 
at least the programs I was looking at, you have to have specific like psychology backgrounds before you. I wonder can if even you have to have in. like any forensic. legal, if you, forensic, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. For, yeah, yeah, you have to have like a forensic degree to even get into polygraph stuff. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get that. <laughs> yeah, so. maybe once you're medicated for another couple of weeks, you'll get into it. Bingo. <laughs> What if you just started college you're, again? You were like, actually, I've gone back to college, Christine. Now, like, oh what's God. so funny about college is, like, now that I'm out of it, now I realize all the classes I wish I took. I know. That's very frustrating. So. But that's why we have Skillshare. I literally take Skillshare <laughs> courses that I that I think to myself, I wish I could have taken this. That's not a joke. Skillshare, I would uh, like you to uh, open up a polygraph course, A please. polygraph branch. Thank you. <laughs> oh, boy. So speaking of the badass polygraph examiner. Mm. Um, so Agent Lee said, I don't think she's the examiner. I don't know. She's asking the question. So maybe, I don't know, whatever. Ah. So, uh, she says, start over your breathing's all over the place. They get back on track and she finishes a question, the interview with the question, do you know where Shanann is now? To which Chris replies, no. So she leaves the room with the data. And the next time we see her is when she returns with another agent Uh-oh. and Agent Lee opens with, so it is completely clear that you are not honest during the testing, and I think you already know that. You did not pass the polygraph test, okay? So now we need to talk about what actually happened, and I feel like you're probably ready to do that. But despite this, Chris is like, I didn't I didn't lie to you on that polygraph, I promise, to which the other agent says, Chris, time to stop, oh. which I love. <laughs> wow. And then there's the, the nail in the coffin, which is Agent Lee saying, there's a reason you feel sick to your stomach. When people hold stuff inside, it makes you physically ill. And I can just tell from your face. I could tell from the second that you walked in that you were wanting to just come clean and be done with this. Wow. I love her. I, she was like, she knew she was like, I'm going to manipulate this guy. Like, I'm going to pretend ass. like I'm all sweet and sugar coated. But I already know this mm-hmm. guy's fucking guilty. The power is just beautiful. The power. That's what I want from this polygraph course. oh boy so eventually in a burst of confession chris says i've been cheating on shanann and they're like okay but they're also like yeah we know (laughs) it's like i first of all we knew second of all that's arguably not the worst thing that is going to come out of your mouth today yeah so that's not quite where we were headed but i guess it's a good start (laughs) yeah so uh he admits that he's been cheating and the police already know this Mm. and they had not asked about it in the polygraph so it wasn't it wasn't that um but they had already heard from a woman (gasps) named nicole oh the one who dropped her off a different nicole so that's where this gets a little bit like uh confusing um a lot of nicoles spelled in a lot of wild ways Uh, so plot twist is Police already knew this, so they revealed that earlier in the day they received a phone call from someone with crucial information. This uh, person is one Nicole Kessinger. Okay. And she is Chris's girlfriend, whom he had been cheating on Shanann with. And uh, so we have Nicole Atkinson was the friend who dropped her off and is like her BFF. Okay. And then we have Nicole, who's the other woman. Right. Right, right, right. So uh, I'm not sure the best way to, to go about how this. Are, but. How are each Nicole spelled? Okay. okay. Uh, the first Nicole is spelled, I think it was spelled N-I-C-K-O-L-E. Okay. And then yeah. what's the second N-I-C-K-O. one? This one is N-I-C-H-O-L. So there's Nicole with a K and Nicole with an H. I don't know yeah. if that's even, I'm trying to think of ways to define them. Okay. Yeah. There's MLM Nicole and then there's Girlfriend Nicole. 
Yes, girlfriend Nicole. Okay, okay yes, good that's, idea. That's how we'll do this. Okay, good, 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 good. So there's like, yeah, MLM, BFF, Nicole, and then like the... There's BFF other and then there's GF. <laughs> yeah. GF, yeah. yeah. So Nicole GF, Kessinger, <laughs> prefaces her interview with the fact that no one, including Chris, knows that she had come into the police station, but she thinks Chris is a really good guy and she's worried about his wife and his kids. So they had actually met in June of that year. So it's August. They'd met in June as co-workers at Anna Darko, and Chris had told Nicole that he had two daughters, but had also framed his marriage that he was in the process of separating and that he was sleeping in the basement uh. and that they weren't together anymore, which is total bullshit. I right. mean, he made that up completely. And Nicole actually only found out through the media that Shanann was 15 weeks pregnant. So she didn't even know that this was. So it actually adds a lot to when he found out that she was pregnant. Uh, he was already sleeping with this other woman. No, that makes total together. sense now. Yeah. Yeah. So it just adds a whole Because he was thinking um, like, uh, he's probably also thinking, this is on Facebook Live. What if in some way yes. my girlfriend sees me on Facebook Live right now being told? Oh, that, that. too. Yeah. yeah. Like, And you're you're wondering like, oh, is he going to find a way out, like a divorce? And then suddenly she's like, now we're having another baby. It's like, uh, that complicates yeah, but, things. Yeah, but girlfriend Nicole probably thought like, oh, he's separating. And a lot of people yeah. date when they're separated. So Exactly. So he said, oh, no, like we're, we're separated. I'm sleeping in the basement. We're in the process of getting a divorce. All bullshit. So she didn't even know Shanann was pregnant. And when she found this out on the media, she was like, okay, I got to tell the police like my part in this and uh, let them know that, you know, what I know. So uh, it turns out Chris had spent not only the weeks while Shanann was in North Carolina with Nicole, but had also seen her on Saturday while Shanann was away on her work trip uh, Mm. with her, Nicole. So with MLM Nicole. They were both with different Nicoles. (laughs) Nicoles, exactly. These troublemaker Nicoles, I tell you. Um. Shanann did have an inkling that something was up that weekend because she told her BFF, Nicole, that uh, Chris had booked a babysitter and said he was going to a Rockies game with some friends. Hmm. But when Shanann checked their joint bank account, she noticed he had spent $63 for his dinner at Lucky Dog Cafe. And she was like, that's a lot for one person's portion. Right. So she asked him, like, oh, what did you have? And he said, a salmon and a beer. And so she did the very... Uh, a salmon that nose- was also once king. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the king salmon. Uh, yes. So she did the thing that you and I would do, which is look up the menu and calculate how much it would actually cost exactly. to get a salmon and a beer. Yep. And it was not anywhere near $63. So uh, turns out he and Nicole had actually been on a date, which obviously she didn't know that, but she was like, something is off. Yeah. Um, so Nicole had come in and revealed all this information Uh And so police didn't have to ask him about her in the polygraph because they already knew this information from her. Hmm. Um, So although obviously it was admirable for her to come in and say like and help move the case along, uh, it is worth noting that we also know now about her Internet search history before she went in. And uh, I originally learned this from uh, the Crime Junkie episode on this case. And it turns out that in uh, on July 24th, so this was like several weeks before the disappearance, she Googled, man I'm having an affair with says he will leave his wife on August. And to be clear, she had deleted all of this before going into police. So that looks um, shady. Yeah, she deleted all of the information and all the texts and everything. So it's like she probably felt a little weird about obviously right. admitting all of this. On August 4th, she searched for over two hours for wedding dresses. Oh, okay. So she was in a different headspace. headspace. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. She had a quick, 
quick plans. <laughs> she yeah. had very intense plans coming up. She had a different intense is the right word. On August 8th, she searched uh for topics related to marrying your mistress. Huh? Uh-oh. <laughs> and after the murders on August 13th and 14th, there were hours and hours worth of searches for Shanann's name and can cops trace text messages. <laughs> That's she's probably like ironic. That. <laughs> I know, I know. They're like, huh, that's fun. It's like very meta. Yeah. They also found thousands of photos hidden in a fake calculator app on Chris's phone, Ooh. which were of her nude, semi-nude, like bikinis, yep. just like, you know. I remember discovering um, that app and my mind being blown. Isn't that day. creepy? At my I have a friend who has one of that. But like it's a uh, Oh just for like it was in when we were teenagers or not teenagers, but I guess in college. And uh, he was like, in case my mom ever borrows my phone, I don't want her to, like, see my nudes. So, <laughs> Oh, it's not, like, for nefarious purposes. No, no, no. Well, okay. I guess, you know, whatever you deem nudes that you're just saying to, uh, I mean, to people. I mean, saying but, you don't want your mom to see nudes is, is not – that's doing God's work, in my opinion, but hiding in, your nudes from your mom. In, that, in terms of that, though, I thought it was a genius app. Like, you, you get to, like, pick your own, like, math equation you type in, and it's, like, the password. And I was like, that's so smart. Yeah, there's also one for domestic violence – victims that's like disguised i think it's like a pizza app or mm-hmm. something that you yeah. can like order pizza from and it you know anyway so i don't know the name of it so smart um so i don't know if you know who amber fry is Mm-mm. uh she was the quote-unquote mistress in the lacey peterson scott oh. peterson case oh okay. so that's only relevant because nicole had also been searching amber fry and did people hate Amber Fry? Oh shit! Well, a little too late for she's, that. <laughs> she's like in that position now. She's, she's like, the shit, Amber Fry like, of the story. Mm-hmm. So after that, this is where she doesn't look as good. She also searched what kind of book deal Amber Fry got. <gasps> oh no, That's no, not a good look. That's not cute. Not a cute look. Not a cute look, uh, especially when this whole family is like me- missing and potentially dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. <clears throat> there was a note that Chris had written to Nicole while his family was in North Carolina that said, Nikki, wow, where do I even start? The first day I saw you, you took my breath away. The first day I had the guts to talk to you, I got lost in those stunning eyes. The first day we hung out in the park together, I knew I was addicted. The first time we kissed, I knew I had met the most amazing, unique, and electric woman ever. Oh. We have a lot of firsts together, Nikki, and I want to keep having them with you. And then, quote, all night till the sun comes back. I want to love, want to love, want to love you like that. Love, Chris. And as a closeted pop country lover, I I remember when that song came out and I feel kind of gross about it now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, by Kane and Smith, uh, circa 2014. <laughs> I guess that's their song. So if that it's your poor, song too out there. That poor country singer is like, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, He's that, like, come on. I just wanted one hit single. I just wanted to make it on the radio. Now you got to make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> you got him. God, he's always got it. Chris is always going to make it weird. Yeah. Um, so then this is where shit kind of hits the fan in the actual interview itself because uh, they're like, we already know you're cheating. Like mm-hmm. Nicole contacted us. <gasps> um, oh. And at this point, he gets really upset and Agent Lee whips out a picture of Cece and Bella and says, these are your baby girls and you have not shed one tear. Explain to me, you're crying about you're crying with your wife that you're leaving her, but you don't cry that your two little baby girls are missing. Right. And he says, well, I hope they're still around somewhere. And she's like, but they're not with you. You're not reading them bedtime stories. Like, they're not here. And right. you don't seem upset. Explain it to me. And then uh, the investigators pushed back on him and said, 
Did Shanann do something to them? And then did you feel like you had to do something to Shanann? And he is so agitated that he says, I want to talk to my dad. Can I talk to my dad? And Mm. it turns out his dad had uh, flown from across the country to be there. Um, So they're like, okay, we'll leave the room. You talk to your dad. Can you please tell your dad what happened? They send his dad in. And this all again on camera. I was going to say, please, God, I hope this was recorded. All recorded. I mean, they were probably like, great. Yeah, talk to your dad. (laughs) Please, let's make you feel safe here. (laughs) Yes. So this is the conversation. Chris says, I don't want to protect her. And Chris's dad said, do you know what happened? Did she hurt them? And Chris said, yeah. And then I had to kill her. So he then reveals to his dad that Shanann had smothered the children. And then he freaked out when he saw them and did the same thing to her. Oh, shit. His poor dad is just like, wait, what? Like, totally. His grandchildren are dead. Oh, my god! His son did it. Did it killed his daughter-in-law. It's like just such a horrifying moment to watch. Um, so then, of course, the two agents come back in the room and they're like, all you have to. T-, and she's like rubbing his back and she's like, now you just have to tell us where they're at so we can get them out of the cold. Yeah. She's just like heartbreaking. Um, he reveals that his uh, family is at the oil site that he had been working at called Servi 319, 319. And that was a location he had driven to at 5.17 in the morning Oh, oh with yikes. them okay. in the truck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, he hadn't been driving to work. He was disposing the bodies. He buried Shanann in a field nearby and then put his daughters in an oil tank. And Fuck. there was like a tiny hole that he was able to put them in. And he, Shanann didn't fit. And so he buried her body. And so it's where was really the, horrific. Where was the doorbell footage of that? Like wouldn't they have had he like. Garage. Oh, okay. I was going to say. So there was, fo- there was footage of uh, him, his car leaving the garage driveway. I see. Got in it. the dark. But interestingly enough, in the early footage, the neighbor says, like, he never parks in the driveway. He always parks on the street. So oh. he's like, he's never. Like, the neighbor was like, something's up. Also, he's talking a lot. Like, this isn't normal. But which that, I'm like, that neighbor knew it. <laughs> that also makes me. Well, that's like, it's like key evidence right there. But also, mm-hmm. it makes me think then, like, so he. How do I ex- if he already parked in the garage and not on the street, then he went into the house that night planning to kill her, what, not knowing about the children. That's what it sounds like. Wait, sorry, say again. So, so if-, so if he was saying like, oh well, I like she came home and then I saw that she strangled the kids or smothered the kids. Uh huh. I would think so. He parked on the street because he always does. Went in and then saw that, versus like. Like, oh, I'm going to like, I, I feel like driving into the garage shows intent before he even went into the house. So that story wouldn't line up. Oh, good point. That's a good point. Like, why would the car be in the garage already? Unless he already planned on killing her, not knowing mm. whether or not she smothered children. That's an interesting point. I will say, though, that I'm sure it was not the only time he parked in the garage. I feel like it was like the neighbor said, oh, he always parks on the street. I feel like. It probably wasn't like, oh, he's never parked in the right. garage. It's just before. like he, it's but more yeah. common. But yeah, I don't know. It just makes me but, think but like, yeah, you're no, you're right. Like that is weird. That is weird that it would already be like he already he moved it into the garage. Maybe but it seems like he I don't knew, know. like he had a plan and didn't want the doorbell, or he didn't want the ring or whatever he used to to see it. Yeah, that's hmm. very weird. I hadn't thought of that. M. That's a good point. Well, I am a detective, <laughs> so. so uh, the interviewers are like, okay, we need more information from you. And she says, you're good with the public knowing that Shanann killed her daughters. And he says, I did not hurt those girls. 
And uh, Agent Graham says, what it looks like is that you got a new life and the only way to get the new life was to get rid of the old life. And I think that you killed these girls before their mom came home and then killed Shanann. I think we're very close to the truth, but not quite there yet. So the news broke that uh, publicly that Chris had uh, confessed to the killing of Shanann. And uh, they hold a press conference. There's this really sad vigil for the whole family where her brother, Frankie, um, says a few words. It's very heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, And it's just awful because, you know, at this point, Chris is alleging that Shanann had murdered her own children and her family is like having this vigil. And they're like, just so you all know, like my sister would never, ever, ever hurt her children. Right. Um, So they're having to defend her at her own vigil. It's awful. And so three months later, November 6, 2018, um, Chris Watts was found guilty of murder in the first degree as to Shanann Watts, murder in the first degree as to Bella, murder in the first degree as to Celeste, and unlawful termination of a pregnancy as it relates to Nico Watts, which was the name of their little boy that they were having. And three counts of unlawful tampering with a deceased human body. So he pled guilty to all of the above. Uh, in order to not face a death penalty and also because he fucking did it. Uh, also, here's a fucked up question. Here's a fucked up question. Yeah. So do we think maybe he suggested the baby name and got it from the girl he was sleeping with behind his wife's back? <gasps> Nico and Nicole. Ew. Do you think he suggested it and like it was like actually going to be like after Ew. his mistress or something? It's too close. I don't know, the name is too close. He had to have thought also, about like, it. But also she had a Nicole too, so maybe she was That's like, true. I don't it's know. After my friend. I just Ew, that's weird. Too many too many names that sound the same here without Why is everyone named Nicole? Okay. <laughs> that's the real question. What's wrong? Are we are we adding a new Megan to the list? Oh. Yeah, and Lord. why are all the Nicoles here it's like spelled like with like umlauts with, and shit? Seriously. Join the Megans. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it was only on February 18th, 2019. Uh, oh, sorry. I want to also add that the judge made a statement after uh, he had pled guilty that said, this is the most inhumane and vicious case that I've handled out of the thousands of cases which I have seen and anything less than the maximum sentence would depreciate the seriousness of this offense. Wow. So uh, in February, like months later, uh, an agent goes to talk to Chris in a follow-up interview in jail. And Chris finally tells a story of what happened that night. Ooh, okay. And it's very dark. So I want to warn you, it's very upsetting to hear, especially if you're watching the documentary, to hear him say it out loud. So I'm just going to read it. Okay. Janan got home at like 2 o'clock. I just had a feeling like she knew what I did. Saturday night was the last straw, going out with somebody and using our actual bank account card and just not trying to hide it at all. I felt her get into bed. She started rubbing her hand on me, and we ended up having sex. When I woke up later on in the morning, I pretty much told her I didn't think it was going to work anymore. And she was like, what happened? What was last night? She was like, I knew there was somebody else. I couldn't just say, yes, there is somebody else. Then she said, you're never going to see your kids again. You're never going to see them again. Get off me. If I'd never met Ki- Nikki Kessinger, would I have ever thought our relationship was bad? Probably not. I told her I didn't love her anymore. That's when it happened. She told me to get off her. And then I put my hands around her. I felt like it was already something in my mind that was implanted. I was going to do it when I woke up that morning and I I was going to do it when I woke up that morning and it was going to happen. I had no control over it. Why couldn't I just let go? Then Bella came into the room. She asked, what's wrong with mommy? 
She had her little pink blanket over her. Shanann was on the bed, but she was face down. I put Shanann in that sheet and carried her downstairs and pulled my truck up. Oh, so he pulled the truck up, I guess. Okay. Well, there's Sorry. that. <laughs> After all that. that mystery. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My bad. I think in... Okay, now I feel like such an ass because I think in the footage he says he never loads stuff into his truck. So uh-huh. maybe okay. he was like, oh, I load some tr- stuff for work. So maybe gotcha. that's what it was. Okay. Sorry. I just made that way more complicated no. than I needed to be. Um, I put the girls in the truck sitting in the back with that bench seat. Shanann was on the floor. The kids said, is mommy okay? I said, she'll be fine. When I was driving up there, they were just sitting there kind of asleep or kind of just holding on to each other, laying in each other's laps. Okay, this is just where it gets fucking awful. Honestly, I try to picture that whole ride. It's like 45 minutes to an hour ride out there. Couldn't I have saved my girl's life? I wanted all my life to be a dad just to have, you know, kids and they love me. When we got out there, Cece was first. I put the blanket over her head. Bella said, what happened to Cece? Every time I close my eyes, I start to see her saying, daddy, no. And that was it. Oh, yikes. So that was his full confession of what happened. Um, It's like truly one of the most dark disturbing tales uh i've covered um i will say shanann's family and a lot of other people don't agree with this story because uh shanann's dad frank said my daughter even though she was pregnant is a fighter i still say he did this while she was sleeping because he would not look the way he looks right now if she was up because he they said like oh didn't she fight back and he said no she just laid there and everyone was like if you were choking her to death, like, yeah. we we know her. She wouldn't just lay there. Like, she would have scratched you. Or, right. And there's photos. Like, he has not one scratch on him. So a lot of people think he did it while she was sleeping. Got it. And it okay. wasn't even an argument. He just was like, I'm doing this right now. And Ugh. that was that. Um, so anyway, that puts, like, all the body cam footage and everything where he's going, I don't know. Here's her phone and the blankies, like, into yep. such new grim perspective. Yep. Um. It's it's just really fucked up. So obviously the thing most people can't wrap their heads around is like the motive of like, well, can't you just make a fucking get a fucking divorce? Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, like can you just walk away from this relationship? So unnecessary. Yeah. Like so unnecessary. Um, and after he had disposed of the bodies, he had made several phone calls right away. He unenrolled the kids from school. Uh, he contacted a realtor to try and sell the house. Like he, he had texted like plans. With- he was going, going, going. Yeah. And then he even texted Nicole about their future together. Like, yeah, he was he was on it. Um, so she, for her sake, um, I believe, went into witness protection program. So we don't I guess there's she's not a Nicole anymore. So sure. maybe she's a Megan now. Who knows? She's absolutely a Megan. Well, that's <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that just sucks to get drawn into that. You're like, oh, I'm just dating a guy at work. And then it's like, well, apparently not. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot worse than that. <clears throat> so this is like that whole family annihilator thing we've talked about in the past of like, there's a whole psychological thing behind family annihilators. Um, and so according to good housekeeping, Chris is continuing to live out his sentence in Wisconsin. He was transferred there because of security concerns. I mean, he murdered his own little children. I don't mm. think that bodes well for you in jail. No. Nope. Um, so when, so there's a book written last September by a woman named Sherilyn Cadle called letters from Christopher, uh, and he basically writes to her about how he murdered his family, his family and his about his obsession with Nicole. And he says, quote, all I could feel was now I was free to be with Nikki. Feelings of my love for her was overcoming me. I felt no remorse. The darkness inside of me had won. It was still in me, though. I thought maybe permanently. I felt evil swallowed up by this thing inside of me. I felt like I could kill anything and be justified for doing it. Holy shit. Wow. So woof. Um 
So Shanann's family, they were very, they've been like bullied and harassed endlessly online. Uh, people have made fake accounts of Shanann. There's so what? much victim blaming. It's disgusting. I, like it made my stomach turn. There's like footage of people on TV talking about it and being like, oh, she drove him to snap. Like she was a bitch. Like she was so controlling. What? And I'm like, oh this my is, God, it's bad. It's really bad. And so her poor family has dealt with like a lot of fucking harassment. Um, people make fake uh, Shanann accounts. Facebook accounts. It's, it's like really terrible. Um, but they, for what it's worth, they recommended this uh, documentary and said they were really thankful they got to be a part of it. And they think it's like one of the only ones that have given Shanann like her own side of the story sure. and not shown her as like some, I don't know, evil controlling bitch that made sure. him snap, which like that's not a thing, but whatever. Um, so anyway, it's just, it's all just very fucking sad. Um, the end of the, documentary finishes with like just this is this is the statistic we end on which is that in america three women are killed by their current or ex-partner every day parents who murder their children and partner are most often men and this crime is virtually always premeditated Hmm. um so i also want to add just as a last note if you or someone you know is the victim of domestic violence you can visit thehotline.org and they offer fully confidential 24 7 support yes and i think and that is- they also have a texting uh situation where if you if you're i think it's one of their apps or one of their earlier apps at least where mm-hmm. you can text them and then if you close out of the app it completely deletes it like goes incognito yeah. so if your phone gets grabbed from you they can't that actually see what you were doing when you go to that website it has a pop-up window and says like do not proceed to this website if you don't want anyone to see your computer. If right. anyone's going to look at your computer, you don't want them to know, get off this website and text this number. Yeah. Right, exactly. Because they're like, even if you wipe your browser history, as Nicole learned, like right. they can still see it. Uh, people can, you know, find a way to look at it. So, yeah, exactly. So if you do go to the website, they give you that number um, right. as well. If, um, if that's and easier. then the last little thing, I don't... I don't think there was too much information about it. It just went viral because it was in this documentary, but that there. Oh yeah. Apparently I haven't seen the documentary, so I'm probably going to take it completely out of context, but there was footage of um, Chris. There was a ghost aspect to this and that there um, in the documentary, there was footage of Chris kind of talking in his house with the police. I think yeah. it was with the police. And, it was a body cam footage. Yeah. And everyone Every, and you can see it for yourself in the documentary behind him, right in the middle of the doorway. There is definitely a, a little girl walking past the doorway. And yeah, there's like a something flashes by. It's definitely a human body, which is super creepy. So everyone swears this is like some of the most like convincing paranormal evidence. A lot of people have written and said like, oh, maybe like someone on set brought their kid for the day and like hid them and like tucked them away into another room or or not on set because it was literally a movie. Some like one of the cops. <laughs> I was like, sorry, the police. Sorry, sorry. One of the cops had like their kid with them on quote set. Sorry, in their house. Um, well, I wonder too because Nicole was there. I don't know if she brought her kids. I mean, maybe, right. but I don't think so. They're, they're, the story so. has been that they're tucking their kids away, um, or that that yeah. someone that was there tucked their kids away while they were talking to police. But a lot of people are like, no, that's like for sure. Like that, I think a lot of people want to believe it's the ghost of the kids. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, oh my Sorry, gosh. wow, my yeah. filmmaking no, brain fine. on set. Oh, it was the the people on set that day? What was wrong with me? The police, the police were on fucking I've, set. 
only watched it one time, but I had also uh, seen it. Um, I've definitely seen that one clip because everyone tagged me in it. And it is. Yeah. If it is a ghost, it's very fucking creepy. Oh, here we go. A lot of people think it's Nicole's daughter. Okay. Nicole's daughter. Okay. Or, you know, uh, like the, the director, the producer. What <laughs> was wrong with me? Yeah. So, uh, anyway sorry okay so it's 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 possible or it could be the daughter i'm, I'm not sure it looks like uh people debate it but I ha- i've only seen it one time i don't even remember but gotcha. you can let us know what you think yeah online i'm sure we're <laughs> gonna get tagged in it all over again with this episode now so yes <laughs> anyway thank you guys so much for this very long episode sorry but you know what hopefully you had a good time we had a good time, and we're just leading up to the big two o o. The big two o o. So, That's if you would say. like to follow us, um, our social is ATWWD Podcast. Our uh, website is and thatswhydrink.com. You can find pretty much everything on those two things. That's right. You can find us there, and we will see you next week for one nine nine. For one nine nine, and then two o o. Okay, and then two o. And that's why we drink. Yay! In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.